The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Lawrence all by himself. Takes a shotgun snap to pass. Plants. Shuffling right. Still looking. Scanning. Turns. Now he rolls to the left side. Looking for the end zone. Fires off platform. And that's a catch for a touchdown. And it's Calvin Ridley. Richardson's going to take it off and run. He's at the 50. He's at the 45. He's at the 40. Left side. Takes tacklers down to the 35-yard line. Richardson going to take off and run. He's in there! Touchdown! I-N-D-Y! Shotgun snap for Lawrence. Hangs in the pocket. He's going to fly it towards the end zone on the right side. And making a diving attempt on the football is Zay Jones. But they're going to say he does catch the ball. Richardson, RPO, fakes it. Now he's going to screen it left side to Pittman. He's got a crease at the 20, 15, 10, 5, racing for the pylon. He's in! in the pocket. He's hit as he throws. The ball is out. There's a fight for it around the 35-yard line. Get the ball. The play is still going. Pick it up. The Colts pick it up. It's DeForest Buckner. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. Stretching for the pylon. Touchdown! Here they're going to run it with ETN. Starts right. Cuts off left. He's at the 20. He's at the 10. 5. Touchdown. Game was on the line in crunch time. The Jaguars flex their muscle. It always starts with myself with anything. You know, we got to run the ball better. Um, And it starts with me. You know, we we didn't run it as good as we should. Throughout the game, you know, emotions were everywhere. I was happy. I was a little bit more chilled. Then after the game, I was a little hurt because I feel like we had it. You know, uh, we just got to clean some things up as an offense. All right, it's a Reaction Monday with you on the Wake Up Call. Hanging out, 7 o'clock hour in the drive. Hubler.com studios. KB, Andy, Mark, hanging out with you for the next three hours. And today's all about you. Colts losers on Sunday, 31-21. Were you at the game? What did you did you do a keg stand? <laughs> That's where we start today. <laughs> uh, uh, I have had a long weekend. Cannot wait to react with you guys. NFL Week 1. Nearly in the books, the game tonight, but it's all about you. 317-239-1070, hanging out with you on the wake-up call. KB, a very good morning, lots to talk about. Obviously, the loss, the Jonathan Taylor situation, injuries, Anthony Richardson, and everything in between. Fellas, a very happy morning. You got the Notre Dame on. You're looking good today. Well, Look thank you. you. Yeah, this you feeling throwback. good today? I am. I am feeling it's good. Almost a medium, too, by the way. Yeah, it's, right. it's, it's on the edge. Some pictures of Ryan Bowen, my older brother, <laughs> rocking this about the age of 12. So it's a miracle that this still fits Looks me. Um, yeah, entertaining, Andy. Uh, Certainly traded blows with, I think, one of the better teams in the AFC and, you know, had a lead midway through the fourth quarter. I'm not sure realistically what more you could ask for. Again, certainly there are things to get to and the support or lack thereof for Anthony Richardson will be a storyline that we saw yesterday and and I think we'll continue to see. And, And frankly, I thought we saw one of... Not Richardson, but and we'll get into this, but I thought we saw one of the worst games in Colts history from one of their players uh, yesterday. <laughs> but the Richardson experience, think back to 365 days ago. Think back to where you were as a Colts fan following the final game of last year and tell me how you feel this morning than what you felt after the season finale or after week one's tie in Houston. You, you, you just you feel better. You, you, you have to have watched him... And think to yourself, okay, 
there is some stuff to work with here. There is a lot of stuff to work with here. By no means was it perfect. I thought, honestly, Richardson looked like a much different quarterback once the Colts got a lead than when they were playing from behind kind of early. I thought that they responded really well early on. And then once they got the lead, it was one of those, oh, bleep moments. Like, wait, we're not supposed to be doing this. Right. And, and, and the Richardson offense, talked about that post game. Yeah, yeah, and Richardson and the offense just kind of melted once you got into those moments. Certainly the defense, I thought, when you look at a 31-point total, it's totally unfair to the defense. To We're going to get to the end of the season, and the Colts are going to have like a high you know, point total allowed, and you're going to go back to week one and be like, wait, that's, that's not an accurate assessment of how that unit played. I thought the usually very reliable punt team was pretty darn bad, and that was the play of the game, if you want to boil it down, I think, to one play, when Jamal Agnew scooped up that punt and took it about 45 yards to set up what eventually was the game-winning touchdown. But nonetheless, Andy, I thought it was a terrific atmosphere inside of Lucas Oil Stadium, and I thought if you are realistic about the Colts and your expectations for this season, I thought week one went Pretty pretty good. Yeah, you know, my initial reaction was watching that game. It's a number of things. And listen, we'll take your calls. We're wide open today. Uh, no guests today, so we're going to be reacting to this. Obviously, a big weekend in the NFL, college football, and everything else. To me, KB, it's pretty simple. Didn't we talk about this kind of game? This is the exact kind of game that we were talking about, right? Before the season? Leading into the season? Entertaining losses? Well, yes, an entertaining loss. I mean, to me, that's exactly what you you saw a team that was in it in the third quarter, in it in the fourth quarter, uh, could have made it. Now, we have to talk about the end of the game. We have not had a internal discussion on kicking the field goal at the end of the game with 40-some-odd seconds and giving yourself at least an onside kick. If Matt Gay can come in and knock in that field goal, we do need to talk about Anthony Richardson. I mean, listen, first quarter, second quarter, fourth quarter, the guy was hobbling. Now, I mean, needs to be talking about giving that he's going to be your leading rusher. And then the other thing, the running game, whether... It's the offensive line, whether it's a rough day from Deion Jackson, whether it's just... That's it, a compliment, by yeah, the way, I to mean, Deion no, Jackson. No, it is. I'm, be, I'm being nice to him. He was terrible yesterday, and the running backs aren't good enough. We knew they were not good enough. Zach Moss comes back. How much can he change uh, with all of that? We shall see. Um, but they just can't run the football, and I know Joel A. A. Joel a. Erickson. I cannot say that man's name. Um, it's the A in the middle. That's what it is. That's what it is, KB. Uh, I mean, he he wrote exactly what I was thinking right at the very beginning of the game. I mean, you have a third down, and Jonathan Taylor, you feel like, would get that third down. Um, and, and we can get into the um, to, to the decisions by Steichen not taking a field goal early. Um, what do you think about that? Obviously, the end of the game, but this is the kind of game that we thought we might see a lot of. The Colts battled. The Colts were there. The Colts had a chance. They probably feel like they let one go. And then when the game gets down into it, um, and all the emotion of the first half, and it's the first game, and everything settles down. Coaches are making you know adjustments on the fly. Usually, the better team comes out and finishes the yep, game, uh-huh. and that's exactly what Jacksonville did. It was a little more high scoring than I thought. Twenty three. What did I have? Twenty three sixteen, maybe something like that. Yeah, the over easily hit. Um, but I, you know, there were bright moments on the defense. You mentioned that thirty one is not indicative of how they played. Overall, it's one of those things. If you're a Colts fan, and this is what I'm interested in today, you got to be. I don't know if you're mad. I don't know if you're frustrated. I don't know if you look at AR and say there's something absolutely there. Pittman had a nice game. Um, it's a mixed emotion bag, and I feel like we're going to sit here on Mondays and probably have a lot of these. Don't you feel that way? And I think especially 
early on. Like you're, I feel like if you're a Colts fan exiting that stadium, yes, you can have this great perspective on what the 2023 season is all about. But I, you know, we're all wired with a competitive, you know, ounce or two in our body, if not more. You got to be bummed. I mean, you, you've lost ten straight season openers. I mean, that was a game yeah. that again you had a lead over the best team in your division midway through the fourth quarter. And you walk out of that with stadium the ball. with the ball, yeah, yeah. With, with the ball, ball. several times, with I the mean, ball a couple several times. drives where you could have potentially padded that lead to two scores. And I think where you're bummed, Andy, is yes, Richardson threw the game clinching interception. You know that is a moment that again, that's why you play him. I tweeted it out before the series starts. This is why you play him. You can't script this. Down three, five yep. minutes to go, yep. TV timeout. That place is on, you know, the edge of their seat. How do you deliver? And obviously, it didn't go well. But again, he's got to feel and be in those moments. I think where you leave a little bummed is you didn't do enough around him to kind of lift you to victory. But that's this the, is KB. This that's is, the story. This that's is the, the age-old question. Yeah. I thought we saw some first game mistakes by the head coach as well. Uh, now league-wide, I find it very fitting, Andy, that I believe all five new coaches lost their first <laughs> games yesterday. All three rookie quarterbacks lost their first games. I know a couple of those obviously overlap with new coaches and rookie quarterbacks there. Um, but I thought there were some issues in short yardage, You know, especially when you think back to the situational stuff. I think eventually Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson will be a pretty good duo in the short yardage, but 2-12 of on third down, 1-5 of on fourth down, um, you can't have that. And, and again, I felt like this team, when the second, after the Pittman touchdown, great running catch on the uh, on the bubble screen, those are some plays. You want to see Pittman in space more. I think that's where he's kind of best utilized. But after that, Andy, you went five straight drives with zero first downs. Right. Five straight right. drives it, with zero first downs. The defense and again, can't be on the field the entire second defense half. Defense just right. finally no. breaks yeah. because, again, they're out there way too long. Oh, I don't they, blame They the were defense. defending no. short fields way too often. Again, you bring up the big punt return that I thought was you know probably the play that just gave Jacksonville that jolt that they needed to finally get over the hump. And then you had the sequence. After the punt return, Jacksonville cashes it in. You throw the pick. Travis Etienne. How about the Etienne touchdown, Andy? 26 yards, and that was the cherry on top to finally seal it. 26 yards on the touchdown run. Let me look this up here. Colts running backs yesterday <laughs> Don't combined. Look at it. Don't look at it. Combined for 25 yards. Do we have a Malki Kawa tweet? Yesterday at all? I mean, how did okay. he? How did he not fire one off in response to? Well, and then the, the leak. And then backs. the leak at six, seven a.m. in the morning. The Jonathan Taylor is ready to go, and that the uh, the Colts wanted what Christian Watson in return. Who everyone all automatically? Oh, I can't believe that Ursay would want Watson. It's like okay, the guy. For, he's a good receiver, I think. He also had forty-one catches. Um, did Fox ever show Taylor? I, I don't remember. Do you know? Because the internet would have no, no, Twitter would have. I'm in the press box, yeah, so I was twi- just kind of looking up and you know, you know, trying to look up at highlights, things like that. What, and, and, what was and the, I don't uh, seeing it all. What was the spread in the uh, in the press box? Yeah. A little, little little chicken, little grilled chicken, what, cheeseburger. What they have you? The spread was about as good as Ira Franklin. Yesterday. Was it really? It was, 18 it, tackles. It was, so that means bacon was there. It was darn impressive, man. They were. Yeah, I, Kevin I, loves bacon. I, I didn't know where to like turn. I was like, wait, that, there's a new station over there. So yes, uh, spread outstanding. 
Um, yeah, the, the opposite of Deion Jackson. We, we, we also may need to do something today. So where we are in the DriveHubler.com studios, I'm staring at the beautiful Kevin Bowen on this uh, oh, Monday oh, morning geez, reacting nice. with you. I don't and, know if I and, deserve that. Well, and, and given that I think we have Spectrum here, so we don't have ESPN up, so we have the NFL Network, which is fine, but they keep showing Micah bleeping Parsons, and it would be nice if I could not see him. So you might just turn the TVs off. Yeah, well, how would uh, you describe that today? effort from your Giants? Oh, we'll talk about it later. I moved all day yesterday my body felt like I had been playing an NFL game my body it was as tired as it could possibly be all right KB and then I'm thinking we'll get a little like I thought my you know might win the game tonight and then that happened how do you think my body feels today Boy, the, the I, I've been here Disgusting. before mainly with like Notre Dame Saturday night games of like you wait all day all to day. watch your team all in day. prime time yeah. I know I sound like yeah. Carrie Underwood here but like seriously and then Disgusting. that's the effort by the way that's my Super Bowl pick the Dallas Cowboys uh, 40 to yeah, nothing that Prescott that, yeah. is 108 yards or whatever. Can I give you one stat? I mean, yesterday, yes. I mean, yesterday, 2.5 yards per carry, and that's including Anthony Richardson, averaging four yards per carry. Uh, last year, one game, the Tennessee Titans game was uh, it was 2.2.1 uh, from Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, again, 2.1 from Jonathan Taylor is his lowest output last year, which of course was a bad year considering you know the record and his injuries and everything else. I would like to think our listeners realize I don't speaking hyperbole uh, or at least try not to like if I'm going to say something that I consider whatever bold or hot takey there's some reason for me to say that I mean this in all seriousness yesterday was one of the worst games I've ever seen a Colts player play and that Colt player being Deion Jackson I mean just absolutely awful we can get more into that obviously as the show moves along certainly dissect the debut of Anthony Richardson as Andy mentioned the defense I thought largely did its job kind of one of the wilder plays you'll see in NFL history the DeForest Buckner strip Zaire Franklin was he being smart or was he just being a bleeper and his thoughts on that are pretty funny. Uh, we will read your fan tweet reactions from the game. Take your calls, 317-239-1070, and get into our Monday conversation. GOAT of the week. That can be in all caps. That can be in lowercase, no matter how you want to do it. And touch a little bit on NFL Week 1 in general. I am Kevin Bowen. He is Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton is with us as always, certainly on this day, that is September 11th, we will remember everybody that lost their lives, whether it was in New York, D.C., or Pennsylvania, or really anybody that was affected by that. It's certainly a day that will live in infamy. I know we saw a lot of tributes around the NFL, and actually driving downtown yeah. this morning, you saw the monument lit up in red, white, and blue. Thank you for tuning in. This is The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy here on a Monday. The Morning Checkdown. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. All right, morning check down. Again, coming up in about 10 minutes, we'll take your calls. Uh, What about Jonathan Taylor? Do the Colts win if Jonathan Taylor is in the game? What about the end of the game call to not kick the field goal from Shane Steichen? We'll dive in uh, to all of that. Let me ask you guys, you're veterans in this, KB. What do we do morning check down on a Monday? Do do I give you that the Reds lost three or four? I think we go Uh, rapid fire. We got to go go pretty quickly here (laughs) to get back in the Colts' combo. Reds winners 7-1 yesterday. They did lose 
three, uh, two of three at home to St. Louis. The Cubbies won, but they mm-hmm. bad weekend for them with Arizona. Where does it stand right now? Uh, still Philly, the Cubs in that third spot. Now Arizona, uh, Miami a half game back, then the Giants, then the Reds. So the Reds lost a full game this weekend, KB, and now they're sitting uh, with three teams in front of them. Uh, college football Ugh. from this weekend delays for the Boilermakers and the Irish, but they both prevail. Purdue gets the first one of the Ryan Walters era. Boy, talk about a totally defensive effort, especially in the second half from week one. Uh, Purdue wins at Virginia Tech. That was a Tech. good win, by the way. They've got now Syracuse at home coming up on Saturday night. Notre Dame pulls away from NC State in the fourth quarter. Pretty dominant in that final period. So Notre Dame remains undefeated. And Indiana takes care of business at home with Indiana State. Taven Jackson got the start. Looked pretty solid, I would assume. He's the starter, right? It's Taven Jackson yeah. this Saturday at Lucas Oil when Louisville comes to town. But... Official word from Tom Allen, of course. Not going to come anytime soon. Uh, Mel Tucker suspended without pay at Michigan State. Uh, go read about that creep. Go, yeah, go, go ahead and go to the website. Yeah. Go to the, go to the internet and read about that. Uh, so I think I think that's just he's going to get fired. It's a matter of when they can dot the I's and cross the T's. But Mel Tucker had a ninety million dollar contract at Michigan State. Ninety, ninety. Week one NFL takeaways. I thought some very very surprising. Surprising results, um, in particular, what Cleveland did to Cincinnati, what Tampa Bay did on the road to Minnesota. How about the Rams over the Seahawks without Cooper Cup? San Francisco looked outstanding. The Bears looked like the Bears. Uh, and Andy, the hell oh, come on, mean? Yeah, come on, suck, yeah, come on. rub it in my face. Come on, we talking about the Rams. And, come on. And Andy, I don't know what the hell that was last night. No, oh, you want to move on from that now? That's funny. You know what? The one thing I don't want to talk about: forty to nothing is really hard to do in the NFL. Team USA basketball. That's on both sides of it. Team USA, no medal. I know you would care about. I knew you would care about that. No medal for the United States. Gutless New York, forty nothing. What a bunch of gutless pukes! Come on. I love that. I love that fire there. Uh, Indiana Fever season comes to a close. They do win yesterday to cap their season. They were much better late in the year. Um, Certainly some signs that you want to see. And Scott Dixon, uh, tremendous end of the year for him as well. Uh, He wins at Laguna Seca as IndyCar wraps up their season. All right, on the other side, let's get back into the Colts conversation. What did you think of the debut of Anthony Richardson? How should Jonathan Taylor and or the Colts view yesterday's performance from the running back? Give us a call, 317-239-1070. We'll get into some of your thoughts and give ours as well as we recap the season opener for the Colts next. It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. All right, going to take some calls here. 317-239-1070. Reacting with you on the wake-up call. KB and Andy, Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton producing today's effort. We're wide open today. Uh, guys, just just quickly, we can go around the room here. Two things that we got to talk about we, before we head to the phones, and obviously we have two and a half hours left today. We'll continue. I think number one is the leaking of the Jonathan Taylor news at 6, 7 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, the Jonathan Taylor news that he is ready to go the hold in that we've been talking about for the last several weeks upon weeks upon weeks uh, is he ready to go well he is ready to go and we know the agent leaking that to Rappaport and Schefter and everybody else uh, and then the reality is if Jonathan Taylor plays yesterday I, I mean th- this is you know 
Colts fans where I would be angriest, and you can be angriest at the agent, you can be angriest at Jonathan Taylor, Jim Irsay, Chris Ballard, the Colts organization. Um, if you have a lot more at running back yesterday, it can be a lot different, including, you know, a win. And so the Jonathan Taylor stuff is definitely out there. And then, KB, I want your thoughts as well. Uh, end of the game, uh, down 10, it's 31-21, 40-some-odd seconds. You uh, don't have, right now you're not running the ball. You've had to burn two timeouts with the Deion Jackson run and then the injury uh, to Anthony Richardson. So you're down to one timeout. You don't kick the field goal again. Uh, there'd be 40 seconds to go. Maybe you still have to get the onside. You still have to go down. You still got to score. You still got to get the extra point or go for two there. Um, there's still so many things that have to happen. Um, but I know my feed was, yo, take the points there. Am I being hypocritical? Because I, I, I did not mind going for it earlier in the game uh, where you could have got three points there as well and taken a 10 to 7 lead. So uh, for me, end of game was a conversation I saw a lot of on Twitter. And then obviously just uh, if it's anger, if it's frustration, whatever it may be, but you can't run the damn football outside of Anthony Richardson. And he's hobbled uh, because he's taking hits. He's taking big boy hits in the NFL. And so the Jonathan Taylor stuff, it, I'm sorry, it reared its ugly head and did so in the very first drive of the game. Yeah, I think on the uh, Richardson front, I thought Trevor Lawrence had some really interesting comments to him at the end of the game that Lawrence shared afterwards. We'll play that audio here in a little bit. I had no issue with the Colts going for the touchdown there late. You know, I, I think there's a thought process there of you or getting so close to the end zone. Just go ahead and try it. You have to score a touchdown at some point if you're going to come back from 10 points down and then you get an onside kick, you have one completion, and you try Matt Gay from 58 yards. Are you in the minority? I, I feel like you might be. Yeah, I, I guess that is the minority, but I, again, hindsight's 20-20 once Richardson gets hurt, so I, I'm sure a lot of people are reacting off of it. Uh, to that. Um, and then on the running back front, again, I thought yesterday was one of the worst games you'll ever see from a running back. Deion Jackson, even if you just look j- just look at his run game, okay, Andy? 13 carries for 14 yards. No math major. I believe that's 1.1 <laughs> yards per carry. What was your major? Uh, sport communication print with a marketing minor. Okay, uh, I got the marketing minor. Whenever this flames out here, we'll see if we can... <laughs> Rely on my Kelly School Business minor. Well, if here. it flames out, I'm living in Indianapolis for a while, but I'm not moving again after yesterday. Okay, you, you and I both are at the bottom of the White River, sinking there. Uh, obviously, that is horrid. 1.1 yards per carry. It's the second worst mark in the 40-year history of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, but then look at the two fumbles. Look at the critical third down, or third quarter drop that Deion Jackson had. I mean, he had a terrible game. He you had a terrible throw game. that on top of again just the extremely poor run effort. And I know the offensive line certainly plays into that, but still, as we saw in the preseason, uh, this is a running back group that gets what's blocked. And if I am the Colts right now, maybe it's just Zach Moss all of a sudden appearing in week two. But I'm very curious, Andy, to see if we see a veteran running back signed in the next 24 to 48 hours. We know Evan Hall got banged up in the game. He left with a knee injury. So, of course, his availability um, is something to watch. He couldn't couldn't make it off the field. He had to lay down. Yeah, I didn't really understand why Hall wasn't a little bit more rotating in early in the first half. They they were riding Deion Jackson like he was Jonathan Taylor. And I'm like, boy, I I, I thought it'd be more by committee approach there. Um, I, I think going back to Richardson... For a second. I think you have to be encouraged early on. He he misses Ogletree on that second play of the game, Andy. And then he hits six in a row. And in a way, I kind of looked at Richardson's game. And 
for stretches there, it was a little bit more of a methodical Richardson. What was he? He had to be north of 60% after the game, 60-65%. Again, that's not really what I'm expecting from him. Where I was a little disappointed in Shane Steichen, and he said that there were some plays dialed up for it. I want to see like two or three very concentrated, heavily protected deep shots a game. Totally because agree. Because that is totally Richardson's agree. strength as a thrower. I don't I can't recall one attempt no. that was more than about twenty yards down the field. I mean, hell, your biggest play was obviously the little screen to Pittman and then he does the rest. I know you had Ogletree down the seam where he got concussed and left the game. I thought Richardson's best throw of the game was when he took a hit and fired one in stride to Josh Downs. Downs had a nice run after catch, but even if you don't necessarily complete those balls down the field, Andy, what you're doing is saying, safeties, think twice about coming up to the line of scrimmage. Because at some point, you want those plays to be there. And Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce, they've got flaws. Pierce again yesterday, just another disappearing act. But where Pierce is at his best, a 50-50 ball outside the numbers. Where Pittman is at his best, in space. You saw it on the uh, on the touchdown that he had. I didn't think you dialed up enough of that. So um, I feel like with Richardson, they didn't play to his throwing strengths enough, and that is attempting some stuff down the field. I know Jacksonville probably had some safeties back a little bit, but again, make sure that now they know that. Make sure Houston sees that on film getting ready for for Sunday and says, guys, he can uncork one, and, and they will uncork ones. If not... You're going to be playing against these eight-man boxes all afternoon. Like, if you go to the Buffalo and Philly preseason games, to me, I can remember a couple different times in the Pierce drop, which is, you know, kind of a deep ball, are the ones. And we thought, well, they're just going to they're gonna hold those for week one. And while they did show, obviously, new stuff, different stuff on offense with Anthony Richardson and company, you still haven't seen him just uncork one, as, as you would say, down the field. And again, that is his strength, Andy. Like, that's where he is at. Anybody that went out to Grand Park, like you brought up, the Alec Pierce ball, in week one of the preseason. That is where he is at his best as a thrower. It's some of the intermediate stuff that you have some questions on. I thought Richardson's comment post-game was really interesting, though, in his biggest takeaway from his first NFL experience. It was something to the effect, and it sounds very elementary, his answer, but it's so true. He said, every play matters. Every drive matters. You can't take plays off. You can't take drives off. And again, I know that sounds a bit elementary, and like I'm sure there's some people out there that are like, duh. But just look at the NFL. Look at week one. I mean, so many close, close games, and the Colts had multiple drives. I, I would say probably three drives, Andy, where they were up 21-17, and the offense had an ability to either flip field position or... Or certainly try to pad that lead. Because if you get that lead to two scores, and now a Jacksonville banged up offensive line, and I said it all week long, your defensive line should have an advantage. And they did. I thought the defensive line won that battle pretty substantially. If you all of a sudden grow that lead a little bit, now Jacksonville's an obvious passing situation. Everything's different. And now you can really pin your ears back and get after Lawrence. And I thought, again, the D-line did a pretty nice job there. Uh, And it goes back to the... After the Pittman touchdown, five straight offensive drives, zero first downs. I thought Richardson looked like a different quarterback after that. And again, these are things he's got to grow with of, okay, now the bullseye's kind of on your back with you having your first NFL lead and 
how do you not just feel some of that pressure? So I thought Richardson looked like a different quarterback there uh, after they uh, after they scored that uh, touchdown to I guess tie the game at the point there early in the third. quarter. That's exactly what Greg Doyle wrote about. I mean, at one, at one point you had a situation where you're up twenty one seventeen, and then or the what the last quarter before last quarter and a half before the final drive, he was one of seven eight yards in a pick right in the pick that kind of ended the game. All right, quickly before we go to the phone lines, Jonathan Taylor, the leaking of the news, and then I mean, do you want to even have the conversation if Jonathan Taylor, it's a very sports radio conversation, if Jonathan Taylor plays yesterday, the Colts win the game. Yeah, I, I mean, I tweeted out probably, I don't know, maybe it was midway through the third quarter, can only imagine Jonathan Taylor's agent watching this and, and what he's thinking and, and what would his response be to the Colts. Um, not to get too technical, Andy, but in, in terms of the agent leaking that stuff to Schefter and, and Rappaport, I didn't really think that was very newsy. I think Stephen Holder has even said with us, he would pass a physical if he got traded tomorrow. And I look at that, and again, I'm getting a little deep into like the NFL news world here. But Andy, you know full well what happens on Sunday mornings. Pre-game shows oh. out the wazoo. So Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter have to act like they have some great news to share to their viewers. I think to the NFL world, that might have been big news. To, to myself, or I think to people well, in this fo- market... We're following it so close. I, I, I didn't yeah. think it was that newsy of an item there. And that's stuff that, again... I think Steven has had and Rappaport and Schefter, they could have that on Thursday and just say, ah, let's sit and act like it's a big deal on Sunday morning. You see stories like this a lot on Sunday mornings. Now, big picture. Yes, you uh, duh. I mean, like, of course you need Jonathan Taylor. Like, I've been saying it for for, for weeks, months now. And I have skepticism, Andy, because we haven't really got into numbers, but I have got some skepticism. I've said three years, 39 million throughout this process. I have skepticism if the Colts would do that. And, and oh, you should where, have skepticism. Yeah. That's where, because yeah. I think there's some debate. How much money does Taylor want? Does he want 15? Does he want 16? That's where Alvin Kamara, that where, that's where Christian McCaffrey are. You know, three for 39 falls a little bit more to the Nick Chubb category or even the Derrick Henry category. And, and that's where I think we just get into this and it's like, does one or two million, does that really matter? I mean, you're paying Matt Gay how much money? You're paying Luke Rhodes how much money now? Like, I mean, seriously, if it really is coming down to this huge debate over one or two million, it, it can't be. Is that. one of the no. worst games in NFL history, Colts history, from a running back with fumbles and a drop on top of it. Is it worth watching that? Listen, listen. I you can you can you can leave yesterday's game as a Colts fan, and we're going to go to the phone lines. You can leave yesterday's game as a Colts fan, taking some good out of it, uh, not feeling totally like crap. Okay, like some NFL fans feel, like Mark feels today, like I feel today. But the Jonathan Taylor situation is so freaking frustrating because it reared its ugly head throughout the game, and it's where obvious where they're having to do a pitch play on fourth down because they don't think they. They can run the ball up the middle, and now Anthony Richardson, if he's hobbled, well, he's the only one that can run. He's four yards to carry. He's the, he's the one. And, and Andy, I think it goes back to this. Did Trevor Lawrence have some big-time throws yesterday? Yes, he did. Without question. But did you see some of the catches that Evan Ingram had? Well, Zay that, Jones, that, 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 fantastic That, that catch. Calvin Ridley had. Yeah. Zay Jones, I think most people would label as their number three wideout. You see that grab he had? Yeah. For the, for the touchdown, when you talk about supporting your quarterback, other guys stepping up, making plays, helping out. I mean, there were several balls Lawrence threw, and I thought the Colts secondary actually did a decent job in, in, in contesting some of those plays, and you just got out-athleted, out-talented. Out, out and yet, 
I can't recall many, if any, plays the Colts' skill guys, running backs, wideouts, or tight ends, no. did their part in, in helping Richardson. And I think that's going to be such a storyline all season. I long. know it's been a joke, but it's why the rumors came out that they asked for Jalen Waddle in the Miami talks a couple weeks ago. And then, I mean, to me, I, I don't know. I feel like this was at least a little bit news that they had interest and they wanted from the Packers, Christian Watson, right. who, again, is a young player. He didn't play yesterday against the Bears. They didn't need him. Sorry, Mark. Jordan Love looked uh, look pretty good, but he had 41 catches last year. He's supposed to take the next step this year. It's why they've looked, and, and that ain't good for Pierce. I can tell you who that ain't good for. <laughs> no, that, no. That is, that is not good that they're looking uh, to Was do Christian that. Christian Watson drafted before Pierce? Oh, man. You look that up while we go to the okay. full lines. Right. I do not right. know. Right. 317-239-1070. Sam leads us off here, hanging out with you on the fan on this Reaction Monday. Sam, fire away, buddy. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. First of all, shout out to uh, Matt Gay for making $23 million to kick extra points. <laughs> shout out to, to DeVoris, uh, the defense, Buckner, uh, and Richardson. Now, for the coach... When you're in a divisional game and it's a dogfight, you don't hurt your team by going 0 for 4 with unbelievably bad play calling on fourth down in close games. Like, these are dogfights. We're fighting to 27, 31 points, and this guy's giving up on fourth down. Remember, fourth down, they've stopped you three times. They got your number. AR played his heart out. Ballard rolled a practice squad around – out around AR, and we, we got embarrassed, you know? We got well, embarrassed. Uh, Sam, that, there's a lot of validity to what he just said. Yes, Christian Watson was taken about 20 spots ahead uh, of Alec Pierce. You know, the first fourth down, I had no issue with it whatsoever. Fourth and inches, you, you knew the Philly special, however you want to call it, the Philly this QB sneak This is what Steichen play. has been doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and what, yeah. Was, what was their success rate in Philly? Like 90-something oh, percent? They, they with got it? it every time. Every time they got it. And, yeah. and isn't yeah. there an element of like, you're paying all these dudes up front that much money for a reason? You should get that? Like, I know that we just immediately go to absolutely roasting the head coach, the play caller, right after the game for the inability to get a fourth and inches there early on. And it's like, some point, can we blame the personnel? Can, can we blame your unbelievable offensive line from a money and draft pick standpoint there? You know, the fourth and four at midfield... Yeah, I mean, that one... The, you could punt him back. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously pitching to Deion Jackson gets blown up and then he fumbles. It looks horrific in that moment there. I think there was an element that Shane Sykin walked into that game and thought, if we're going to win this game, we're going to have to get 230. And, and I think that was some of his thought process there. Where I have more of the Sykin issues from yesterday, I thought, and I'm curious if the injury played into this, because Richardson said after the game, and I tweeted out he was limping there late in the first quarter, his first run, that was when they did that true triple option. I think he faked it to maybe it was Jackson up the middle. Josh Downs was the guy in motion. Richardson ran it for like 11 yards. He gets hurt on that play. Uh, it, it was a knee, I think it was a knee bruise on that play. He was limping a little bit afterwards. I felt like they didn't do a whole lot of designed runs for Richardson after that. And so I'm curious if the injury played into any of that. So uh, getting away from a little bit more of running Richardson because obviously your running backs weren't doing anything. And then twofold, as I said earlier, I would have liked to have seen a few more dialed up deep shots. Here's what Richardson said post game about his knee. First quarter, can't remember exactly what play it was, but I had a zone read uh, pull to hit my knee on the turf. You know, just 
little booze on it. That's it. Just ice it. I'll be all right. <laughs> a little booze on it. And then <laughs> I like that. I'm curious, and I guess I'll ask Shane Steichen this a little bit later later today, Andy. But what did he then hurt at the end of the game? I thought the hit was like to his left shoulder area. Um, he didn't reference him or Steichen did not reference anything shoulder. Even head, I, I think you could make the argument there. Maybe it was a hit kind of towards that area. But obviously Gardner Minshew came in with three plays to go. Uh, and Richardson was down for what seemed like close to a minute. I mean, he received some medical attention oh, on was, the field. It, it was scary, man. So yeah. that is – and Trevor Lawrence said that to him afterwards. We can play this audio here in a little bit of just protect yourself is what he said to Richardson in that moment. I think something that I will have this internal debate with all year, Andy, with Richardson is I don't, I know this is a part of his game, so it's impossible to tell him not to do this, but I don't need to see him as a runner. Anthony Richardson can, and I would argue will be an elite running quarterback in this league. That is of little debate to me. What we need to see is him as a thrower and him in moments like he was in yesterday. You're down three points, five minutes to go in the game, here's the ball, what are you going to do with it? And obviously yesterday, it did not go well in that situation. But that's why you're playing him. That's why he needs to stay on the field. I don't need to see him scrambling. I don't need to see him running the ball 15 times a game. Again, I know part of that is just inevitably going to be in the game plan and Richardson's instincts. So I get that you're going to have some of that, but why it's so critical that he plays 16 more games this year is for him to get the 68, 69, however many offensive snaps he played yesterday to go head-to-head with one of the better teams in the AFC, to be in a one-possession game, to get that moment with five minutes to go in the game, to try and prove yourself as a passer. That's why he needs to play. 239-1070, let's go to Mark up next on the fan on this Reaction Monday. Mark, fire away, buddy. I just kind of want to piggyback on the previous caller. You know, there was a couple moments where, okay, we're in field goal range. We just gave the biggest free agent contract to a kicker ever. And, no, let's keep going for it with a running back who probably shouldn't even be on the team. Um, So those kind of just go together. I mean, obviously, the elephant in the room, with John Taylor, they win the game. Um, The defense played great. They just – the offense didn't do him any favors. They just – they wore out, you know, because they couldn't run the ball. So that's all I got. I love your show, guys. Appreciate Thank it, Mark. You, Mark. Yeah, Andy, I mean, again, they got stuffed on, on, on the Philly sneak, and then you had like a 58-59 yarder that you didn't attempt on another fourth down. I, that's I, a difficult one. I, I know. Yeah, it, it, and I know Matt Gay has that leg. Like, in, in years past, you'd be running the punt unit out there every single time. I don't. I guess I don't have as much. I, I don't know if there was like four or five times where the Colts didn't go for a field goal. I know late, we've already talked about it. You got to get a touchdown at some point late. I was fine with getting the touchdown as you're moving the ball. Jacksonville showed no resistance on that drive there at the end when it was 31 21 until it got to like a goal to go. So I had no issue there with trying to score. You have to get a touchdown at some point. I thought it's something I know it's not maybe the, the sexy headline to get to, but Andy, in this market, we are used to the Colts having a really good punt team and I know that's kind of like a weird thing to even say but whether it's Pat McAfee whether it's Hunter Smith Rigoberto Sanchez the Colts have had a really good punting team and yesterday Sanchez in his first game back from the torn Achilles had some punts that just didn't I mean it looked a little Friday night-ish from some of the punts and then the play of the game 
was Jamal Agnew picking up that bouncing punt there late. Uh, He fielded that ball at their own six-yard line. So if you, hell, if you let up a five-yard return there, you tackle him at the 11, you then are saying, hey, Trevor Lawrence, your offense has not been able to drive the ball the length of the field many times against our defense. Try and do that. Instead, Agnew scoops up that ball. He goes 48 yards into your territory, and that was when the Colts were leading. They were up 21-17 at that point. Jacksonville then oh, it's punch, a game changer. punches yeah, no that, doubt about it. that one in. Richardson throws the pick two plays later. Travis Etienne puts the cherry on top. So when you have the issues you do offensively and you're playing quality opponents, you can't do that on special teams. And I thought the Colts, just in general, were really poor with their punt unit on Sunday. You know what's funny? Shane Steichen said, especially on those fourth downs, and again, uh, you know, coaching, I'm sure that's what he wants to do. But also, if you've watched the Eagles over the last couple years, you know Sirianni is ready to go for it on fourth down just about anywhere on the field. Steichen did the opposite of Tom Allen. Tom Allen against Ohio State was like, we're going to play conservative and we're going to try to keep it close. Steichen said, to hell with it. We're going to go for it on fourth downs all Are over you the field. A- Heavy go for it on fourth down guy. I, I know this is a this okay. is a I, I would argue this debate happens more than any other post game debate of play caller, fourth down decisions, whether to kick field goals or yeah, go for I, touchdowns. I, I, have, I have been baptized into it. I, I have been the conservative go for the field goal. Like I understand why fans and should the rookie QB should it should that impact anything? Should you kick more field goals to I don't know, stay in the game no, and score again more? what they did in Philly, I am not surprised they line up, they lined up and they went for it. And I would even say if they would have kicked it at the end of the game and then got the onside kick KB and then scored a touchdown, I'm telling you, Steichen goes for two there. Like I like that is what that is what um, Sirianni has done. I would not be surprised. I, I, I'm fine. Here, Are the people that wanting the field goal just did they have? Indianapolis well, I don't plus know. seven and a half. Uh, here is where I believe, and we can talk about this in the eight o'clock hour. I believe I, you will view. I'm hypocritical here. I am good with going for it early in the game there. Okay? I understand you're probably taking three points off the board and you're in a dogfight. And in hindsight, uh, in hindsight... Hello, offensive line. Get six inches. That's how how I feel. Okay? Let's test this offensive line. We've heard about the offensive line. Let's test it early on, first quarter. I'm fine with it there. I think that is the fiber of who Shane Steichen with Anthony Richardson is going to be. I'm more, though, at the end of the game, I get conservative, KB. I kick the field goal and go for the onside kick there. That's where I am probably, if not hypocritical, I'm probably inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some like deep analytical thought that that went into Steichen's decision making. I think coaches in that standpoint say, if we're this far down the yeah. field, we're not going to get this far. Let, down. Let's I, I just agree. get the touchdown because then if you get the onside kick, now you're asking your offense to drive another 50 yards. Basically, they, they're thinking touchdown, 55 yard field goal versus. 35-yard field, field goal, goal, touchdown. Long touchdown. I think that's the thought. Pro- but, and, and, but, and I get that it's a debate, and I'm fine with it. And again, I think the Richardson injury probably plays into a lot of Well, that's why I would, that's why I would have kicked it. Is this be- that, That's personally... I mean, they tried to go a, qu- a couple quick outs to the left side yeah. with Minshew in that fourth quarter, and the Jags knew exactly what to do. And at that point, you're in a scramble drill, and you need AR in a scramble drill. Uh, you know, you don't, need, you don't need Gardner Minshew. Plenty of calls to get to your fan tweet reaction. 
options as well. Again, I thought the defense uh, pretty darn good yesterday. I know the final score might not be the true indicator of that. What a wild play with DeForest Buckner and Zaire Franklin combining on something I've never seen. Buckner gets his second career touchdown. Zaire Franklin had a pretty funny comment after the game on what he was thinking. We will share that coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. I continue to have the conversation with you as well. It's the wake-up call with KB and Andy here on 93.5-1075 The Fan. Alright, those are the sounds of yesterday. Colts losers 31-21 to Jacksonville, as Bill Belichick would say. Get the ball! <laughs> on on to Houston, on to, on to the Texans who played with the Ravens for just a little bit. Oh yeah, I always love the uh, coach yelling over top. I, that, that's, that's what radio gives <laughs> you, baby. I absolutely love it. Uh, 8 o'clock hour hanging out with you. The wake-up call. KB and Andy, Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dighton producing today's effort. We're wide open today. Hey, 239-1070, going to get back to the uh, to the phone lines here in just a second. I know, KB, you want to talk about defense. Um, what is interesting, just, just quickly for me, two things. Um, number one, J.K. Dobbins goes down yesterday. And while he is a rotational back, and while, of course, uh, much like with what we have here with Anthony Richardson, Lamar Jackson is going to be running the football, uh, J.K. Dobbins, often injured, did go down and torn Achilles. I don't know if that's been completely confirmed this morning, Uh, but if they fear it, I'm sure it's not going to be good news and it's a tough last couple years for him. Does that move any sort of trade needle at all? I'm just throwing it out there uh, with Jonathan Taylor. The Dolphins looked okay yesterday without Jonathan Taylor. And then, you know, I followed in his career for years Lamar Jackson, and so I'm very well-adversed, if you will, Kevin, on the entire conversation about when you're going to be a running quarterback and when you're not going to be a running quarterback. And if the quarterback's limp off the field and and, and everything else. Um, and I never really thought Lamar took a lot of flush hits. And I thought yesterday AR took some. And I I, yeah. I, 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 I thought he did. And, you know, it's funny. I always, uh, you know, texting a couple buddies. And we always use poor Vanderbilt. Uh, but whenever there's an SEC, uh, you know, quarterback or player, it's like, this ain't Vanderbilt anymore. You know, <laughs> Andy Richardson's out there. This isn't Missouri and Eli Dinkwitz, yeah. uh, Drinkwitz, whatever the hell his name is. Josh Allen ran... <laughs> Richardson down a couple times on those like sideline no gain. I think he actually yeah. went down a sack. Yeah, and I, I leaned over to Mike Mike Chapel. I'm like, man, NFL speed is just a little. Yeah. It, it's just a little. NFL speed, NFL yeah. hits. Yeah. are a little different. And that a little again, different. I think that's kind of what Trevor Lawrence said to him afterwards. Yeah. Of like, there's an element of you've got to protect yourself. And um, you know, Richardson got hurt on his first ever NFL run. I mean, that, that, that first run was an 11-yard gain, and this is where we're going to get into the debate with him throughout his career and why. Yep. Well, at some point, Andy, it's got to be, okay, can he be a thrower first? Yes, the run element, the ability to extend plays, create some of that stuff, that is a huge part of what he can be, but you've got to deliver from the pocket at at some level. I do want to touch on the defense. We haven't really had the opportunity to do that just yet. Um, I thought what stood out to me the most about your defense yesterday, Andy, because I think from a Trevor Lawrence skill position standpoint, Outside of Cincinnati, and obviously that didn't go well yesterday, I don't think you're going to see a better group all year long. When you factor in Lawrence and then ETN, Evan Ingram, and those wideouts, I think it's the most potent group that you're going to see. And your defense, and I can't recall a game last year where the Colts even sniffed this, you had a lot of playmaking turnover-type moments. You created a couple of them. Obviously, you turned one into a touchdown. 
Those are the sorts of plays with Stephon Gilmore, who had an interception last night. Those are the sorts of plays. Well, everybody had an interception last <laughs> night, so congratulations to Gilmore. Those are the sorts of plays you didn't <laughs> dial up enough last season, right? and you have to do it to help out an offense. It's just not going to be very explosive this year. I thought Zaire Franklin, 18 tackles, flying around was outstanding. I actually thought Shaquille Leonard looked a little better than I thought he would. He had eight tackles. I agree. He, he was on yeah, a bit of a I pitch agree. count. I know he maybe wasn't around the ball as much in the turnover aspect. He had a huge tackle for loss that I think eventually knocked Jacksonville uh, out of field goal range, made a couple plays in space. So I think it's a shame, Andy, that we're going to look at 31 points at the end of the year and like that will be a sore eye on the schedule because I thought your defense did enough. By no means were they absolutely perfect. Your offense, your special teams put them in some awful field position situations. Your offense couldn't sustain drives, so your defense was out there seemingly for the entire second half there, and they eventually broke. Um, But I I thought the amount of playmaking you got. You had a Tony Brown interception, the Buckner play, Julian Blackman had the near interception, interception. Speed punched a ball out. Again, those are two turnovers, two more very close to being turnovers, and I can't recall last year many games where the Colts, against a quality offense, had a handful of game-changing type plays. We talked about, you know, there are so many things that that are new and that are young, and you know, you look at the running backs and you look at AR, and we were like, okay, it's good. We're gonna div- we're going to grade them, and maybe even Shane Steichen, uh, we're gonna grade them a little bit differently than other units on this team. And, you know, defensively and defensive line, to me, I leave yesterday feeling a hell of a lot better than the offensive line. You know, the offensive line needed a couple fourth and shorts, third and shorts, and they could not get them. And to me, the defense absolutely uh, did enough. And you mentioned, you know, you mentioned the two turnovers. Uh, I, I just, you know, if you're a Colts fan, you got to be frustrated at the option. You could have had a couple more, right? And Blackman, right. Blackman sold the pick. He Oof. ran down there and he did the the, the preening for the camera. Uh, I was going to say, as soon as I saw him <laughs> and everything else. go for the picture, I'm like, man, did, did he, he have that? that? That's what I said. I go, wait a minute. I thought it kind of hit the ground, but he's, he's preening. I'm like, you can't really sell it because you can obviously, they're going to go to the cameras and they're going to look and they're going to know whether it hit the ground or not. Yeah, And again, I don't want to act like the defense was perfect on the first touchdown. It was acceptable. I literally did the stopwatch. Trevor Lawrence had 7.19 seconds to throw on that first touch. I remember the third and goal where he scrambled in oh, yeah, and finally yeah, found. Yeah. Was it Ridley? It was I think Rid- he finally it, it, found. It was Ridley, yeah. In the back of the end zone. Again, it wasn't perfect, but I thought your defense gave your offense a chance. And you just, you, you can't have the feast or famine nature to the offense. And that's exactly what it was. If you look at the 14 drives the Colts had yesterday, there were two or three where they really, really moved it. And then the other 10 or 11, oh man. I mean, it was three plays and a cloud of dust, really. I mean, it was it was absolutely nothing from your offense. Obviously, you had some fourth downs in there that you tried to get as well. So just you put too much on the defense's plate there. But I thought for week one, um, I thought they did a nice job. I thought the, I thought the... The young secondary 
uh, contested a lot of balls as well. Again, th- there were certainly tough ask. some some yeah. big moments from from Ridley and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram and those guys. But those dudes what, made some hella catches. What uh, and I, and I'm not. What did they say about Dallas Flowers after the game? He was just one play in, and then he, uh, he, or excuse me, one play out, and then one back play, in. Right? Same thing with Kenny Moore. Ironically, the one play Kenny Moore was out on, Tony Brown picked off a yeah. ball. Um, a so yeah, that was that was a little scary when it happened. Well, when, yeah, when, when Flowers, I saw it, I'm like, you can't lose these guys. Flowers and Moore both go down, but yeah. Jalen Jones, the rookie, went in there for Flowers. Tony Brown went in for Kenny Moore. It was just one play, and then uh, they were back in. 239-1070. Let's head to the phones. Paul's up next here on The Fan on this Reaction Monday. Paulie, what's happening, man? How you guys doing? Good. What's up, Paul? Uh, not much. Real. I'm going to try to make this quick. Real fast, anybody who was during this whole Jonathan Taylor thing saying we don't need Jonathan Taylor is absolutely crazy. Had Jonathan Taylor been in that game, the coach would have won that game hands down. Deion Jackson is too slow, can't hold on to the ball. Evan Hole looked semi-decent, but the run when Evan Hole got to the outside, Jonathan Taylor would have took that to the house. On these third and shorts and fourth and shorts with Anthony Richardson in the backfield, Jonathan Taylor would have made them respect that a little more and something else would have been wide open. Um, Chris Ballard cut some of the wrong players on this cut. And it proved that on on that punt when they received it at the six-yard line and we did not have any speed back there to, to even – Pin him in. That was that is what changed the game right there. That punt return, and then the last thing, defense played real good. I was I was I was more than happy with the defense, except we should have kept rush. And from the way I see it, let Baker go because Baker, for the life of me, cannot turn his head around when that ball is in the air. He's still looking at the defender rather than getting that head around. And all he had to do would get his head around, and some of those passes could have been defense. That's all I got, fellas. Have a wonderful day. Paul, have a great week. Should be beautiful weather on the mail route for Paul. High energy per usual for him. Shaquille Leonard exiting the tunnel. That That's what I always feel like whenever Paul calls into the show. Um, Andy, you think they signed a veteran running back in the next 48 hours? <sighs> or is Zach Moss I, enough I, for the next I mean, three what, weeks? What's out there? What's I mean... Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, we know they've done their homework. I mean, well, a, a Kareem okay, so, Hunt so visit Hunt, offer, but, but, a James Robinson visit. I don't, I don't um, want anything to do with James Robinson. Okay, let's throw Kareem Hunt out there. Do, do you feel differently now after you watched the game to throw out some of the, you know, some of the the meager numbers the last year to the off the field stuff? I'm I'm asking because the combination of Richardson, he's not going to be able to take these hits. Okay, it's game one. The offensive line that to me did. Very little to make you feel better yesterday. And the running back position with with injuries and with Deion Jackson, who's going to be limited. Now, I don't think he's always going to be terrible. Yesterday, he was terrible. Uh, to me, Andy, that was one of the worst games I've ever seen a Colts player have. I, I, to, to me, if you're at this point of the season, now you're an in-season signing. I, I, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it, it may be panic. It may be the right thing to panic a little bit. But I don't think they thought it would look this bad, right? 13 carries for Deion Jackson yesterday. That amassed 14 
14 yards. So that would be un point un yards per carry. If you want to go to his receptions, how about five catches for 14 yards? Not a lot of production there. And then on top of that, two fumbles and a what I thought was a really critical third quarter drop as well. Um, I mean, this is his chance. Is it not? Like, the way I view Deion Jackson is, you're going to get four weeks here with without Jonathan Taylor no matter what. Zach Moss misses game one. Who knows, you know, if he's going to be available game two and if he'll be on any sort of a pitch count coming back from well, the, the arm is, injury. It's, it's, it's kind of like one of your chances here to do something. The Colts knew this for a month was a... They knew for a month a strong possibility was Deion Jackson starting the opener. Zach Moss being ready for for week one was always iffy. And the Jonathan Taylor situation, obviously, has been extremely iffy. And so for a month, you've thought to yourself, okay, we we can be content with Deion Jackson. And the results were that. I mean, it it was a cuttable game from Deion Jackson. For a guy with his lack of resume, you cut Rodrigo Blankenship after the opener last year for missing a game-winning field goal. Deion Jackson had moments where he flat-out cost you the football game. I don't know if you're in a position from a quantity standpoint at running back with the Evan Hall injury to just flat-out cut him, but that's what... It was. Just to give a little bit of context on the 1.1 yards per carry, yesterday to start the third quarter, the Colts honored the 1984 Indianapolis Colts team. So I can do the math. I know Ryan Bowen will be 40 coming up in March. That's when I was born, too. It's the 40-year anniversary of the Colts playing in the Circle City. Yesterday's 1.1 yards per carry for Deion Jackson was the second worst in Indianapolis Colts franchise history. You go with a dozen carries in a game, which ain't a lot. Dozen carries in a game, not a lot. Of all the running backs in the history of the Indianapolis Colts, that was the second worst (laughs) performance. And again, Andy, I'm just talking yards per carry. I'm not talking about the two balls that he put on the turf with fumbles or the critical drop that he had as well. And half of his 14 yards came on one carry. He had a long of seven. So half of his 14 yards were from from one run. And poor Evan Hall got around the corner there and had a run. Does that and then lead off the highlight back. reel? <laughs> I don't know. Him and Cam Akers battling for... Do we know, see more Jake Funk now? Him oh. and Cam Forward. Akers battling for rushing ineptitude. Cam Akers yesterday, by the way, 22 carries for 29 yards. Did you have him in fantasy? You're all over Cam yeah, Akers. Yeah, I have him in our league. Okay, there we go. Yes. KB, he's, that's the second time he mentioned it before you got here this morning. He's like, this damn Cam Akers. I think I fell into the Akers uh, hype maybe I, last year. I'm pretty sure I'm O for this weekend in everything. The teams, year before that. Teams, Colts, fantasy everything. Mark, I know we got a couple Adams Ugh. here on the line. Uh, pick whichever one you want to go with here. Alright, let's go for the... F- There's two Adams. We're going to go with Adam 1 since he was there first. Adam, Adam 1. How we doing on this Monday morning? Hey guys, am I Adam 1? Am I on? You are. You are, you are on. Loud and clear. Congratulations. Hey, number 1. <laughs> number 1, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Alright, guys. Uh, all in all, I thought Richardson played pretty well considering how poor the offensive line was yesterday. They made uh, they made Josh Allen look like a first team pro bowler with three sacks. Couldn't it was just it was just awful. I mean, the, I mean for a, for a young rookie quarterback, I thought he played tremendously. Like besides the fourth that that interception, I'm gonna give it up. Like Richardson played his, his, his you know what off yesterday. Like he had no time in that pocket. 
I, I want to hear your thoughts on uh, really how this offensive line from a pass protection and a run protection played yesterday because the Jags are not a top-tier defense. They're going to see some better defensive fronts. And they played awful yesterday. Just wanted to hear your thoughts, guys. Thanks, man. Have a good Monday. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate the call. Um, I, I thought the run, run blocking-wise, Andy, just absolutely awful, um, to say the least there. You know, I'd have to go back and look at the Richardson – Sacks. I know he was sacked four times in the game. Andy, I want to say two of those were on just a flat-out scramble where he yeah. like literally went out of bounds. Josh Allen just like met him, and it counts as a sack if you're yeah, behind the, the line, line of scrimmage. scrimmage right. right. So I, I don't. It's not like they were outright sacks. Obviously, you had the sack early on where Allen I think caught him from behind, uh, and then I think you had one more later. Allen's a dude, man. In the game, yeah. I mean, I mean he's, he's a dude. A, he's a top five pick. Yeah. So, um, I. In general, I thought you lacked support for Richardson. But again, I thought if you want to narrow down the O-line to pass protection versus run protection, I thought Bernard Ryman I thought did a really nice job in pass protection. I thought the run game was more of the issue. You know, the Richardson game yesterday was a really interesting one for me, Andy. He was more of like a methodical passer early on. He missed that first ball of the game on that second down throw. Then he hit six in a row after that. At one point, I remember looking down and being like, man, he's like 15 of 19. Like, this is like a, this is not what I expected out at Richardson. Again, I've said for, you know, all along, I think you got to live with the inconsistencies from a completion percentage standpoint, but the goal is to offset that with the big plays. We really didn't see the big plays. And that was an issue that I had with Shane Sykin of, Anthony Richardson's strengths, where he is best as a thrower, is when you let him uncork it. And I feel like you just have to dial up two or three a game. Even if they fall incomplete, you at least send a message to the defense of saying, this is a possibility. Think twice about bringing that safety up to the line of scrimmage here. So that's where I thought the Richardson experience was just a little bit more like in a way like Gardner Minshew-like from a throwing standpoint. Obviously, his legs are a totally different animal. And then lastly, on Richardson, he got into that great rhythm after the uh, first miss of the game, was really, really steady, and then all of a sudden everything turned midway through the third quarter. And I think that was a reminder. I think he missed seven of eight at at one point. Yeah, that's where he, he he was one of seven with the pick. Yep. And that that's was like was. once they tied the game, yep. and then they took the lead. Obviously, they took the lead off the Buckner touchdown there. And that, I thought, was a reference to his postgame comments. His postgame, and Mark, do, do we actually have that clip, like the every play matters comment from, from Richardson? Well, well, I have one here. I don't know if this is the exact one you're looking for. Do you, do you want to hear it? Sure, dial this, it up. This is the game, the takeaway. This is uh, the game overall. Here you go. Yeah, you know, I like to get here early, you know, get my body right, get my mind right, you know, uh, go through the strip, uh, uh, script of the game, you know, uh, make sure I'm, I'm you know, precise on plays, make sure I'm getting extra rest with the receivers if they need them, you know, just making sure I'm here, you know, just feeling the building, feeling the atmosphere, just feeling everything. So I, I was pretty hyped, you know, getting here. I was pretty focused, pretty calm. Um, throughout the game, you know, emotions were everywhere. I was happy. I was a little bit more chill than I was happy again. So uh, that was that. And then after the game, you know, uh, I was a little hurt, you know, because I feel like we had it. You know, uh, we just got to clean some things up as an offense. You know, I feel like the defense helped us out a lot. We just couldn't, you know, do anything for them at the time. But, you know, I felt good throughout the whole thing. And, you know, it's just something we got to learn from and just work on. There was a comment Richardson had where he expands on just kind of like every play matters, every drive matters. I don't think we matters. have that one. Yeah, and, I don't think we and, have that one. And again, I know it sounds like a very simple comment, but. When they tie the game, when they get the lead, the offense had five straight 
empty drives. And I'm not talking about five straight scoreless drives. Andy, they had five drives where they didn't even get a first down. That obviously is very hard to do in the NFL. And within that stretch, that's when Richardson was, you know, one of seven or one of eight. And then he threw that pick to Tyson Campbell, which kind of iced the game. So that is where eventually we'll get to a point in evaluating him as a quarterback where that stuff matters. I mean, that that stuff is really critically evaluated of. Second half, teams are making adjustments. You're playing with more of a bullseye. You've got a chance to pull off a big upset here. That's where you get a little bit more into the critical aspects to, you know, two-minute fourth quarter. That's what separates the average QBs from the elite quarterbacks. And I think that's... Again, I'm not ripping them by any means. It's his first ever NFL game. Come on, KB. Rip them. <laughs> but those are the Give sorts of situations that we'll eventually get to with, with him of like, okay, can, can you do even more of the lifting? Right now, he's got to do way too much. But those are the times that kind of separates you as a quarterback. And Trevor Lawrence, to be fair, he made some big-time throws L- there listen, this in those is, moments. This, this is the issue that we're going to have. Richardson is not going to, if you, and I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm 100% with you. Richardson's not going to be ripped much this season because Colts fans, and it's the reality, and the Colts fans are right today. The reality is, and we've been talking about it, you've been talking about it longer than I have, that the roster around him is not good enough. Yeah, it stinks. And so it's different if you're Tua today, right? Or if you're Justin Herbert. And they play. I mean, it's different. Joe Burrow, we understand he's established. He's been to a Super Bowl. He'll go to the AFC Championship game. He very well could this year. Uh, but they deserve to be ripped for throwing for like 80 yards and scoring three points against the Cleveland Browns when you have all that money invested in all those superstars. That's not Anthony Richardson. And to me, it's going to be listen, he will make mistakes, and we may get to a point this season where they lose a couple games, KB, where he makes mistakes. And it's like, dude, you can't make that that mistake. You can't miss that throw. You can't fumble the ball. You can't throw that interception. We're not ripping him on the interception today, and we're not doing that because no one respects the roster around him. Michael Pittman was fantastic. He was also alone out there. We talked about these five tight ends. <laughs> we talked about these damn tight ends, and Granson, he was fine. You know, I mean, he was yeah. he was fine. Ogletree gets yeah. knocked out of the game, yeah, to I mean, be fair. He, he, yeah, he was fine, but it was just one of those things. It wasn't like it was tight end, tight yeah. end, and that was something they were able to exploit. And then, you know, you were looking to see what the offensive line would do. And it's showtime and it's game one. And so when you don't trust the running back, you have the Jonathan Taylor stuff. You still, I mean, you feel good about Downs and Pittman, but you're not maybe totally in love with what they have there. Obviously, Pierce, what one catch on the day. And then the offensive line was a yikes. It's like, I'm not saying Richardson's going to get a pass. At some point, that will stop. But, you know, game one for me, I, I'm not I'm not going to rip him on the interception or, or running the ball or anything else. He's out there and he sees what we're seeing. He understands what's going on. On as much as anybody, and flat out, you just want him to be in those moments. That's why you play him. That is exactly why you have him out there to experience what you cannot script in practice whatsoever. Last thing I'm going to add, Andy, on Richardson, and I think the opponent yesterday is the perfect example of it. I think Chris Ballard needs to look long and hard of what Jacksonville did with Trevor Lawrence from year one to year two. They realized that it was not good for Lawrence around him year one, mainly to do with their head coach situation with Urban Meyer, but even personnel. And what did they do? Let's just take 
the guys you would label as castoffs, guys that didn't get retained by their former teams, because I don't think Calvin Ridley falls into that group. But what do they do with Christian Kirk and paying him massive money? What do they do with Zay Jones? What do they do with Evan Ingram? And then just watch the 60 minute of football that we did yesterday. Those dudes, who I think a lot of people, when they were signed by Jacksonville last offseason, labeled them as... C players getting B plus money. Ingram was kind of a bust with the Giants. And, and kind of look at what they have done to Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they were some big time 50-50 balls, if that. The Zay Jones touchdown is one of the better ones that you're you're gonna see. Ingram had a hell of a catch near the Colts sideline. That was a big play as well. I mean, that is why you invest in the skill and the support. Did Trevor Lawrence throw some great balls? Certainly. But those guys helped him and supported him. And that's why, if you are the Colts, look long and hard at that. You can never have enough at those positions, particularly when your quarterback is young. And in a way, I almost feel unfair comparing Richardson to Lawrence because their collegiate careers were so different and how they entered the NFL, um, expectations-wise, really, really different. But yesterday, when Zay Jones is a number three wideout, looks like that, and Alec Pierce is your number two wideout, looks like that, how do you not think to yourself... You need to invest more in those skill positions around Anthony Richardson. Uh, can I respond to that? Do you want to do a check down real quick? And then on the other end of the break, I'll respond to that. I'm going to play. I agree with you. I'm going to play devil's advocate just on one little item with what you just said. Cool. Cool. And we'll also get to our goat of the weekend. That can be uh, uh, positively or oh. negatively. However you want to look at it. Ugh. And certainly get to your fan tweets reaction as well. Let's hit a morning check down. The morning check down. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Yeah, obviously a busy, busy weekend. It comes to an end tonight. Bills and Jets, that's Monday Night Football. You had Atlanta 24-10, Browns 24-3 over the Bengals. Vikings losers at home 20-17. How about how about Bulls getting the win there? How about that? Saints 16-15 over the Titans. I picked the Titans to win the AFC South. Niners all over the Steelers 37. Commanders 20-16 over Arizona. The Ravens 25-9. Packers, sorry, Mark, 38-20 over the Bears in Chicago. Let me read all these. Eagles 25-20 over the Patriots. Huge game. Over 700 yards of offense with the Dolphins and Chargers. 36-34. Miami on the road getting the win there. Rams 30-13. I thought that was one of the more surprising results going into Seattle and winning that one. And then the Cowboys embarrassed the Giants. Just just absolutely embarrassed them. 40-nothing. I'm sorry you guys had to watch that on Sunday Night Football. I thought there was a point in the fourth quarter you might get in for the for the Giants there. Uh, Bills-Jets tonight. Who are we going with? Bills favored by one and a half. Bills. You know what? Just give me the Bills. I don't know. Yeah, give me the Bills. Let's go. Let's go. Rogers debut gets spoiled. Let's go, Buffalo. Sounds like a bitter Bears fan uh-huh. suffering yep. a week uh-huh. one loss to the <laughs> you're, Packers you're there. Right. <laughs> uh, college football from this weekend. Irish Boilermakers, Hoosiers. They all win. Purdue and Notre Dame had to withstand a little bit of a weather delay. How about Notre Dame? Uh, poor planning on their part. They literally didn't have enough food for the weather delay. They had to go to the concession stands and get hot dogs and brats. <laughs> Did they really? And then their running back, Audric Estimate, rips off an 80-yarder with a hot dog just sitting right there in the old stomach of his. Uh, Notre Dame, 45-24. <laughs> big fourth quarter for the Irish. That should set up 
Ohio State here a week from Saturday. Did the They've scoreboard got... get hit with lightning in that game, too? Yes. How about uh, that? And again, Indiana over Indiana State. Taven Jackson looked pretty good in that one. I assume he will be the starter this Saturday with Louisville coming to Lucas Oil Stadium, but we'll have to await official word on that. And Purdue, much needed split in these first two games. They win in Blacksburg. Big-time defensive effort from the Boilers there. They will welcome Syracuse to ross Aid on Saturday night. Yeah, Reds winners last night, 7-1. Lose the series, though, 2 out of 3 to St. Louis. You cannot like that if you're a Reds fan. A game and a half back, the Giants, Marlins, and Diamondbacks all in front of them. The Cubs gave up a couple games as well. Winners yesterday but lost 3 of 4 to Arizona. They still lead by 2. Uh, do Mark's Cubbies lead by 2 as we head into the final, what, 15 games of the season? Uh, um, got about, what, three or four kind of local-ish items of note to run down here. Scott Dixon wins the season finale in IndyCar. The Fever win their season finale. Now all eyes on where they're going to draft here coming up from a lottery standpoint. And by the way, we talked about the U.S. Open a little bit in tennis. Shout out to Rajiv Ram. That is a Carmel native. He wins his third straight doubles title in the U.S. Open. Uh, I think Salisbury is his partner's last name. I remember uh, Salisbury Steak back in the day at Cherry Tree Elementary. I don't know if it's any relation to Sean, uh, (laughs) but that has never been done before. So shout out to Rajiv Steve Rahm, a great, great human, as they win a doubles title. Djokovic and Coco Goff, your singles champions. Uh, pretty cool scenes from Coco Goff celebrating that victory. Is it wrong, uh, guys, that when he said Salisbury, I thought of Sean Salisbury, I thought of Sean Sal, uh, I thought of Salisbury steak, and that I thought of Chris Berman in that order. <laughs> exactly. That that wasn't what you were thinking of. Well, when no, you went I think to that's steak? totally fair. Okay, yeah. you I, I want to say this guy's name is John, but I could be wrong. You weren't that. going to Chris Berman there. I thought me and you were kind of on the same wavelength that you were kind of I doing was, a Chris Bermanism. Literally picturing the styrofoam tray at Cherry Tree Elementary. I think Thursdays were oh. always Salisbury steak. Oh. John Salisbury is on my all-time blank list because I was at Bears training camp when I was a youth, as like a teenager, and they had Otis Wilson of the Bears. They're interviewing him, and I was like, I want to get Otis Wilson's autograph. And Sean Salisbury just happened to be one of the co-hosts, so I got Otis Wilson's autograph. I was thrilled. Sean Salisbury grabs a football, signs his name, which I wasn't asking for, right in the middle of the C logo of the Bears. So I have all these Bears autographs. I have Sean Salisbury's autograph right in the damn center of the C. I thought you were going to say he turned you down for it all. No, I didn't ask for it. I Sounds even it. worse, honestly. <laughs> it really does. Based off Mark's story. It really does. Uh, you want to play a little devil's advocate? Well, you want to do it on, on the other side? Yeah, 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 let's do it on the other side. Okay, we'll do that on the other side again. Get to Goat of the Week. And still want to go back to um, that Zaire Franklin to force Buckner combo touchdown. The Franklin reaction of, was it a heady play by the captain? Not necessarily. We will share that on the other side. Uh, it's a wake-up call with KB and Andy here on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. First and 20. Move the ball back to their own 36-yard line. Moving left to right. Colts defense trying to make a play here down by a field goal. Lawrence goes out of the gun. Four receivers into the pattern. Ball on the left hash. Lawrence plants in the pocket. He's hit as he throws. The ball is out. There's a fight for it around the 35-yard line. Get the ball. The play is still going. Pick it up. The The Colts pick it up. It's DeForest Buckner. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. Stretching for the pylon. Touchdown. Touchdown for the defense. DeForest Buckner picks up a live football and races the other way for a score. 
by the way, that's a fantastic call. I love everything about that. The Maytay call and then uh, Coach, get the get ball. On it. Uh, get the ball. That's what football is supposed to sound like on the radio on the fan so, on a Sunday. So good. The Rick Venturi raw emotion I absolutely love week in, week out. You know, that, that play, Andy... I, for, I would say, long stretches. I mean, hell, the Colts had a lead midway through the fourth quarter. I, I almost forget a little bit of that. And I'm thinking, that play, we're going to talk about that for like years to come. I mean, it, it was a wild, wild play. Obviously, Buckner absolutely whips his one-on-one matchup, forces the strip, and then there's Tank Bigsby, the <laughs> rookie running back for the Jags. Third time he's ever touched the ball in the yeah, NFL. Literally. Probably. Standing there and gets the ball, and then here comes Zaire Franklin, just kind of like karate chop, punches the ball out, and Buckner then scoops it up off the ground. We saw the return, all of that. And I'm thinking to myself, like, after the play, I'm like, man, what a heady play by Zaire Franklin. <laughs> There's the rookie in Bigsby, not really knowing what to do with it. There's Zaire Franklin. What is he, a four-time captain? He's been in the league now for six years. That is just veteran, better than rookie. Mark, do we have this clip? So it's like four and a half minutes long. It's not edited. <laughs> oh, so okay. You'd okay. like right. me to edit it. Yes, not, yes, yes. I'm, I'm here's, what, here's what was happening. I knew. Let where, me know I, when you get well, it, I knew where you were going, but I saw Mark, and I knew what happened. He was editing on the fly. I well, was looking. I was like watching kind of a car wreck happen on Sports Talk Radio. And there's also a word in there that maybe we can't necessarily play on air, so we want to make sure that we have that uh, bleeped out before we, uh, before we play it. So before we get to Zaire Franklin's answer <laughs> on that, I do think, and I mean this in all seriousness, obviously. Obviously, that play was wild, but Buckner starts it all with the with the strip sack. And Andy, what did we talk about all last week? Playmaking out of your defensive line. Timely playmaking out of your defensive line. And just in general, whether it was that play by Buckner, Tony Brown catches the ball off of, I guess it would have been ETN's hand. I don't think it was Bigsby. Off of ETN's hands for the interception. Julian Blackman has the near pick. EJ Speed has the, the, has the, the strip yep. that he almost falls on it in play. Two turnovers, two more very close to turnovers. That element of playmaking for your defense was severely lacking last season. The guy that I would argue probably most often made those plays, particularly the timely ones, we watched, unfortunately for you, against Mm -hmm. your Giants last night and Stephon Gilmore make another one of those plays. There's legit questions about how much Shaquille Leonard can get back to his normal self there. So the fact that you exit yesterday against, I think, a pretty good offense and you have made you know, a handful of turnover-type plays, that is stuff that you look at a rookie quarterback next week and you think, man, can that be a little bit more routine than it was last season? Because of all the issues last year, somewhere on that list, not enough defensive playmaking. 317-239-1070. We'll uh, we'll get a couple calls here before we get to the top of the hour. We'll keep taking them in the 9 o'clock hour. Mark, you moved the, the mic close to you. Do you have the sound ready? Oh, you found it already. It, so, it's it's edited. Okay. I you just you just tell me when to fade so it out, sh- but, but I'll just play shout it. Shout out to Lara Overton. She asked Zaire Franklin afterwards about the wild play, and again Zaire's reaction in punching the ball out of Tank Bigsby's hands. It seemed like everyone kind of thought the play was dead. Take us through exactly that series of events for you. Oh yeah, no. So I dropped back in coverage, seen the ball kind of go out, didn't really hear a whistle. Um, you know, saw Jacksonville's player pick it up. Um, to be honest, <laughs> I really was just trying to be a 
So I punched the ball out. <laughs> All right. Well, here's here's my thing. Okay. Can, I we, love, can we give I, it up? Yeah, can we no, give it up no, for, I, for, no, for I, honesty I love, on that? Yes, I love. The, give it up for honesty. He could have lied to all of us. and Been like, yeah, hey. you know, I had a peewee coach that always yeah. said, play to the whistle, uh, play to the whistle. Play to the whistle. I mean, we all would have believed him. Oh, we we would have loved it. Oh, that's foot. That's a football guy. To He's be honest, been- <laughs> I really was just trying to be. A <laughs> okay. Well, here's the thing. So hold your tongue and say apple, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what we're going for there? Oh, that, I, for, I that? forgot all about uh-huh. that. But yeah. that's like third grade. Yeah, hopefully Rosie Bowen doesn't doesn't do that you anytime taught, uh, soon. First do kids still do a that? Whole new word today. I yeah. was about to say, do kids still do that? Yeah. I, I forgot all about that. At one point in my life, I probably did that. But yeah, I Cherry Trail Mystery. Shout out again. I probably did that. I was still very stick. I was thirty five years old when I did that. Uh, <laughs> um, isn't that a penalty? He's risking a he he could be risking a penalty there would be my only thing. Again, I love it. It turned it turned out to be a great play. It turned he did out to say be a that he play. didn't think he heard a whistle yeah. for, for what but it's he, worth. Yes, punch, I know. He did punch the ball out of Bigsby's hands. Well, and honestly, you know what I was thinking of, Andy, <laughs> after after hearing that is, you know, remember what happened in the joint practice with the Eagles? Zaire Franklin and yeah. Jason, Jason yeah. Kelsey get yeah. in it. Like, Zaire Franklin's You're got right. a little bit of that in him. He's got that dog in him. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we're uh, he's talking, a good player, man. I mean, we're talking three time captain at Syracuse. I think the second ever in the history of their program, first in like over a century. Um, Pretty unique dude. 18 tackles for him yesterday. That is obviously an eye-popping number. And I thought just in general, Franklin made some plays in space that I'm not necessarily as accustomed uh, with him making. I thought he was really, really good for the Colts yesterday. And again, Shaquille Leonard with eight tackles. Um, a little bit of a pitch count for him. EJ Speed did spell him at times. But I thought Leonard made some plays in space as well that I was uncertain of. So that linebacker crew in general, um, I thought had a nice afternoon. And they have to be salivating at the C.J. Stroud debut, five sacks. Yeah, but I mean, he threw the, the ball forty. The rookie. He threw the ball forty some times. But again, this Colts defense has proven, <laughs> and I thought they proved it for long stretches. I know Etn ripped off the one there at the end, but for long stretches yesterday, that Jacksonville run game, I'm like, is Press Taylor really calling another run? I mean, Indy's run defense pretty much shut down Jacksonville for three and a half quarters, and I think they can do that to Houston, then do you force C.J. Stroud into these obvious passing situations, and then can you pin your ears back? Uh, the slight, or I should say, the early line for that game, have you guys seen that? I have not seen that. I want, want to take a gander at Texans home against Colts coming up on Sunday? Ugh. I mean, the Colts played so much better than the Texans. I, I but Texans at home. I'm gonna say the Colts are two and a half point favorites. I want to say Colts maybe one and a half. Looks like you guys are jumping on Colts money line right now. Texans favored by one and a half. By one, okay, so let's flip the other way. Uh, you want to take one call before sure. we take a break? One call, one more call, and then on the other end, we'll get to it. Uh, I think there is a when you talk about putting uh, pieces around Anthony Richardson. I, I, I think for me, you know, I'm four weeks into doing this show with you. I see it from a different way, uh, and I wanted to throw that your way. Who do we have? Do we have Adam number two? Adam number two is still hanging strong. I don't know if he fell asleep, maybe, but he's I hope still he. Adam number two, fire away, buddy. You're on the fan. Uh, Yeah, this is Adam two. Um, (laughs) One thing. Sounds like Richardson a little bit here. 
One thing I noticed uh, that last series when Richardson was still in there, um, the cameras caught it, but he lost his uh, cards for his wristbands. And I think that's what led to the just two awful looking draws where he's running up Fry's butt and <laughs> can't figure out what to do with it. Um, I mean, that's good in two ways because you could see him say just like F it and he just tore the armband <laughs> off and he's like, I'm going to do this myself. But then also, why is after a whole off season and practice and stuff, that's all you got? Like, I'm going to do it myself and my, and my choice is to run up one of the worst linemen we have and follow him um, on that goal line, uh, that, <laughs> those two goal line plays. Um, that's a little bit concerning, but um, overall, I would say, I mean, he looked like I thought he was going to look. He made plays that were great. He made plays that were like, what are you doing? But that third quarter was rough. Yeah, yep. after the Pittman touchdown. Thank you, Adam, by the way. Richardson also lost the armband play sheet Um I I remember one point in the first half, some um, somebody from the equipment staff had to run out there and either give him a new one or give him the old one. So I think that might be on the equipment staff duties for this week. Yeah, Richardson had the fourth and five draw, which his second effort it was a hell of a second effort to get the first down, and then uh, same play on the very next play. He uh, that's when he got hurt. So he had the back to back ones there. Um, but you know, again, Andy kind of goes back to the just the consistent nature that you. Didn't have. I mean, at one point he's 15 of 19, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this debut is rather incredible. And, and then all of a sudden, once you tied the game, and I don't know if it was second half adjustments or was water finding its level, however you want to describe it, but there were a couple of throws. Like he had Granson over the middle that would have been a huge third down conversion. And I know there was a Jacksonville linebacker that was kind of close to obstructing that view, but Richardson, we've seen him make that throw. You know, he had the really nice throw to Downs early in the game with a guy in his face. He missed that one. Obviously, he had the interception. So I don't want to call it a tale of two halves with Richardson, but there was certainly a stretch there, Andy, third quarter into the fourth quarter where the passing offense just was absolutely nothing. And, and, and of course, the run game, you could say that for the entire game and really feast or famine that's just how i describe the afternoon the colts if you look at the colts as a whole andy they had 14 drives yesterday 14 drives for the whole game um 10 of them went longer than 10 yards excuse me four of them went longer than 10 yards 10 of them went less than 10 yards so you know, right there, when you look at it, you know, four of the 14, you move the ball decently. One of those, of course, being the drive at the end. But the vast, vast majority, you weren't even getting a first down on them. Uh, coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, we'll do our go to the week. It could be a number of teams. Go to the week <laughs> oh, and God. and it can be individuals oh, as well. And we can get to uh, our tweets uh, from last night. Mark always sends out the five words or less. Describe what you just saw with the Colts. We'll read some of those coming up. As well. It is the wake up call with KB and Andy here, 93.5, 107.5, the fan. Yeah.
Yeah, yeah, Reaction Monday with you, 317-239-1070. Hanging out, as always, in the drivehubler.com studios. About an hour and six minutes to go. Jake, will he'll have you at noon. JMV coming your way at 3 o'clock. Wall-to-wall coverage of NFL Week 1. Obviously, that concludes tonight with the Bills visiting the Jets. We're going to quickly do our goats, but let's go to... Is Q still hanging online? Q's still there. All right, Q, fire away, buddy. Sorry to make you wait so long. Oh, first off, the Colts need to go ahead and pay Jonathan Taylor. And secondly, Andy, welcome to Andy, but how about them Cowboys? <laughs> Andy to zero. Listen, brother. Andy to zero. They're going to show up. Q, that's my listen, Super Bowl pick right there. Listen, Q, you can give me all the work in the world. There ain't a damn thing I can say. I'm not going to run from it. They're my. They're the go to the week. Listen, the Steelers stunk it up. Mark's Bears are all playing for contracts. They stunk it up. But forty to nothing. Oh my God, forty to nothing. What a bunch of gutless. <laughs> well, they all got paid, Q. All the Giants players got paid. They got fat. Yeah, the Cowboys they get, they, they get, oh, get, they got, get paid, too? They, they got fat and happy. They went oh, to yeah. NHL games and Yankees games, and they all threw out there, swagged out and everything else, and they went, They lost 40 to nothing in front of America. What an embarrassment. Q, thank you <laughs> for the call. <laughs> he is rejoicing about his Cowboys. I know there was something that you wanted uh, to get to uh, double back on. Well, I mean, we can get... Yeah, just, I, I think for me, we've talked about the help. Well, I mean, you've been like... And, and we've been consistent. The help, and we can do this in the 9 o'clock hour too, the help around Anthony Richardson and everything else. I mean, like, part of me feels like, you know, the Colts have been hesitant, and I understand why they're not calling it a rebuild. Is it a retooling? And we've talked about that. And so you said, well, we, we you know, we need to see more around Anthony Richardson. And what did they do draft capital-wise this year? What did they do draft capital-wise? They tried to put some stuff around him, at least a little bit. I mean, you could offensive line. Yeah, Josh yeah, Downs yeah, yeah. Drafts, is, I've got zero. Uh, you know, you know, Josh Downs is a good player. They still believe in Pierce, and, and Pittman had a great game. And uh, listen, I didn't think Pittman was gonna. I figured they'd be keyed on him, given that the rest uh, of the wide receivers. And so we talked a lot. We've talked a lot about that, and. I kind of feel like they're stuck here where the Colts aren't selling you a rebuild, a reboot. They're kind of selling you a fresh start, but it's also difficult to do that when a lot of the players have been here as well. Does that make sense? They're yeah. kind of, you you, you do, um, you know, we talk about a haircut. Like Mark got a haircut a couple weeks ago. You know how you, I need one. You know how you get in that in between. 459 Barber Lounge. You're damn right. You know how you get in that in between phase yeah. with the hair. That, that's kind of how I feel about, about the Colts here is it's like they're they're saying well we're not really rebuilding but we're not uh, but we also don't expect a ton of wins which is why some Colts fans although not the callers may leave yesterday not totally upset but uh, and again we can get into this in the nine o'clock hour where we evaluate some units differently than others my rebuttal to you would be yes they don't have as much around Anthony Richardson but it's a new start KB it's a new coach who has a different way of thinking it's a new quarterback it's a new wide receiver it's all these different things people aren't gonna buy it because it's the same general manager if the Colts had a different general manager today fans would view this much differently you agree with that but it's it's Ballard gets to do the rebuild that's ultimately what they're not happy with here right I think there's a lot of truth of seven years or I guess this is his seventh year it's led to this you know like and this has been the age old I mean 
the clip that we play from Ballard at the Combine, Mark, what is that, three years old now? Mm-hmm. Two, I mean, like it's not like yeah, that was yeah. the Combine back in February. This has been an age-old thing, and that's why, again, it is seemingly the frustration just adds year in and year out. And now it takes on more of an onus because you do have this young project at quarterback, and the early evaluation period is so critical. And I guess one more thing to throw in, the guy on the side of the building right there on the southwest corner still of Lucas Oil Stadium uh, is obviously not playing for you. All right, 9 o'clock hour coming up. We'll continue to recap the Colts season opener yesterday. Fan tweets from the game are goats of the weekend. We'll hit on all that coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Wake up call, KB and Andy, 93.5107.5, The Fan. All right, 9 o'clock hour, hanging out with you. It's the Wake Up Call, KB and Andy, hanging out in the drivehubler.com studios. We'll keep taking your calls, 317-239-1070. Obviously, uh, Colts losers yesterday, 31-21. We'll dive into kind of our thoughts that we had, KB, earlier in the show. We still have tons to do today. Uh, Coming up in about 25 minutes, we'll do our Goats of the Week, good and bad from the weekend, and then give us your headlines i'm looking i'm looking this is bleeping trash is that a good headline is that a good headline the show or the, the game well i think about? i think maybe <laughs> well, both yeah uh, it was yesterday uh, or, or whenever you put the tweet up again at wake up call underscore 1075 if you want to find us there we'll read some of those as we go today again tons to react on kb and you know we opened the show today and you know i really felt like this was a game that was indicative of basically everything that we talked about this offseason. It was indicative of there's going to be some really good moments from Richardson and there's going to be some uh uh-oh moments from Richardson. I think you saw all of that. The conversation about him running the ball, obviously that was magnified couple different hit, hits he took in the first half and then exiting the game, of course, uh, at the very end. Some questionable calls from Steichen, a new coach there. We've talked about that. Uh, the offensive line, having enough around Anthony Richardson, all of that, and then, of course, magnified by the reality. And listen, I know, I think 99% of people believe uh, what I believe, and as Jonathan Taylor is out there, that game is a hell of a lot different, including uh, potentially, and, and you know, you could say it, a win from the Colts. All the Jonathan Taylor stuff, Rappaport, Schefter in the morning uh, with some of the Packers stuff, including Jonathan Taylor is ready to go and would pass a physical today. That's something, yeah, no crap. We know that. So all of the storylines that we talked about for weeks and months leading up to yesterday, I believe all of them, good or bad, reared their ugly heads. And, you know, it's a mixed bag where you don't feel angry and too bad. You might. Um, there's some positive to take away from it. I feel like we're going to be doing, KB, this dance probably for the majority of the season. A winnable game yesterday, there's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I thought extremely entertaining. I mean, certainly, Andy, to have a lead midway through the fourth quarter in, I would say, one of the better AFC teams. And just in general, I think one of the harder games you'll have all season long on paper. That is very encouraging. Um Having said that, I think just naturally, of course you're going to be bummed. I mean, if you're one of the 60,000 in that stadium, I think when you're in that arena, it's hard not to get caught up in the emotion of like, oh yeah, they are keeping score. This is an NFL football game. You know, I don't think we're trained as Colts fans to be, oh yeah, let's be patient and wins and losses don't really matter. That's like not what this market has been like. To hell with patience. And and, and like that, I, I know it has to be, in my opinion, 
um, you know, kept on the front burner for this season. But again, when you get into like the 60 minutes on Sunday, it's a little different and it's hard when you have a lead and it looks like you 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 could pull off this upset. I think what adds to the bummer from yesterday and not being able to close it out, it was the storyline, Andy, we've been talking about all offseason and in particular last month, month and a half. The lack of support for your rookie quarterback. Anthony Richardson didn't throw three picks. He wasn't 42% as a passer. He didn't have two or three strip sack fumbles. No, no, no. It was those around him that let him down. And mainly, I would say, the skill group, a little bit of the O-line. And I know this sounds really nerdy, but gosh, your punt unit was terrible yesterday. Rigoberto Sanchez, I don't know if it was Russ coming off the Achilles, a couple of sub-40 yarders. And then I would just say... A lack of uh, just kind of not paying attention maybe on that final punt there when it bounced in front of Jamal Agnew and he scoops it up from his own six. Play of the game. Just to give everybody a a, a little bit of context around that play, Andy, 21-17, Colts lead. They punted away with about 11 minutes to go. And at that point, I mean, your defense was stingy. They were not letting Jacksonville, even with great field position, they were not letting Jacksonville really move the ball at all. Uh, On their previous, let's see if I got this right here, Andy. On Jacksonville's previous seven drives, they had gone punt, punt, field goal, turnover on downs, fumble, punt, turnover on downs. So that was the previous seven drives for Jacksonville. Agnew has that spark there with the 48-yard return. They scored. They get a fourth down on that drive. Zay Jones on Zaire Franklin. That was just a great you know, matchup that Jacksonville got there and a nice throw and catch to extend that drive. They retake the lead. Richardson throws the pick two plays later. So... It's got to be a little bit of mixed emotions. I think you're encouraged by what the rookie gave you for two and a half quarters or so. I thought him and the offense as well looked like kind of a different individual slash unit once you tied the game and once you felt like, oh man, there's a chance we could win this thing. I'm curious how much the injury to Richardson in the first half impacted him. The rest of the game impacted any play calling from Shane Steichen. Um, But I think all in all, how do you not walk away from yesterday feeling better than Monday of week one last season <laughs> and the Monday that we recapped of the final game back in January? Okay, so if you're saying, and listen, I, I, this is where I'm struggling. I need you guys' help. Again, 239-1070. We'll take some calls. Go to the week coming up in 20 minutes here on The Fan. Okay, so if it's not about patience, and, and I want to go back to what I said 10 minutes ago. Can I do that, KB, just just for a yeah, second oh yeah. to, to bring that in? Uh, and that is f- fans don't want to be patient, so they leave yesterday with some good feelings and Anthony Richardson is a huge part of that that game was a game you led into the fourth quarter you know that wasn't a Giants 40 nothing it wasn't the Packers whatever they won by it wasn't Cleveland you know beating up on the Bengals and everything else and so there is that but there is the other side of this that it's the NFL and fans don't want to be patient, and God bless them with the prices you pay to go to an NFL game or the time and money and effort and everything to have parties and everything. You don't want to be patient. It's a bottom-line business, and the bottom-line business is, and this is how most fans feel, 
And I would say, I would say it's about as close. This is me pandering as much as I could pander right here, KB. That fans are fine if you say, okay, we're going to retool some things. There's going to be a fresh start, but they're not that way. Uh, but they're but they're not that way with Ballard. Uh, be, being the general manager, I, I, that, that's how I feel. Every single call that we have taken today, KB, has been centered around Chris Ballard. Every single one. The first sentence I feel like is Chris Ballard, and so they're trying to, they're trying to do a. Fr- it's like a you break up with a with a girlfriend, boyfriend. I don't know if it's divorce, and then you get back together. You try to do this fresh start, but there are still scars. There is still the scar tissue that is there, and so. I, like I'm with you. This past draft, I think, you know, they've done some good things, and I, there were some good moments, some good Richardson moments, some good, you know, young defensive back moments, some good defensive line moments. But it's like, okay, if it's a fresh start, yeah, it's we just still, an awkward nature. Yeah, we still have the scar tissue of Chris Ballard. If there were a different GM here who hired Steichen and drafted Anthony Richardson, maybe it would be portrayed differently. That hey, guys, you know, this is gonna. Take Take some time, and then maybe, maybe Colts fans would be a little bit more okay uh, with patience. But you know, I, th- th- that's the positive. The, the bottom line business is the running game. And what you put around him without Jonathan Taylor is not NFL ready. Well, there, there's nothing NFL ready with what they do. And then the offensive line can't get a yard multiple times. You got to be able to get a yard. And Andy, the Jonathan Taylor not playing the opener slash Zach Moss not playing the opener. The Colts didn't find that out Saturday morning. Zach Moss was a month ago. I mean, this was a month, over a month-long process of some major questions on if Jonathan Taylor would even be a Colt uh, in week one. And then obviously Zach Moss's broken arm situation. And Ashley tweets at us and asks a question that we were kind of talking about a little bit bit earlier in the show. You know, Evan Hall leaves the game there with a knee injury. So Evan Hall's status moving forward is up in the air. In my opinion, I guess Zach Moss could maybe be the replacement for Evan Hall if you're just looking like quantity for quantity, one for one. I am very interested to see if the Colts make another running back veteran move in the next 24 to 48 is it hours. Gonna, is it going to move the needle with anybody? I, I mean, it's a move, but if it's if it's James Robinson, is that doing anything yeah, for anybody? Is that Kenyon Drake 2.0 from, from back in training? I'd rather just have Kenyon Drake. But again, <laughs> Probably. Andy, with... And I don't say this lightly, and I know that I, you know this is very critical, but I think there is plenty of merit to say it. Yesterday was one of the worst football games I have ever seen from a member of the Indianapolis Colts played by Deion Jackson. It was utterly horrific. The offensive line, not advantageous to him, but 13 carries for 14 yards is the second worst yards per carry in the 40-year history of the Indianapolis Colts. And then you put the cherry on top. What do you always hear about running backs? Ball security, ball security, ball security. He has two fumbles and a critical drop in the passing game as well. So when you add all that up, that's a cuttable performance. You you cut Hot Rod after the season opener last year, and you can make the argument Hot Rod had more of an NFL resume than Deion Jackson has had at this point. I understand kickers, you know, they're kind of in their own little world out there. But that was such a pitiful performance there. So I am very interested to see if uh, slash when they make a move there. They'll bring in somebody. They'll bring in some guys. You can't have A, injuries, and B, Deion Jackson playing the way he did and not bring in somebody to scare the hell out of these guys, right? 
Uh, especially him? Yeah, you and have it can't, to. And in my opinion, there's an element of me, Andy, that says it can't just be Zach Moss. You know, like it can't, you know, it can't be viewed like, oh yeah, you know, here's Moss. Well, he'll, and, be, he'll be back next week. Yeah, he has a resume. I, I get it. That when healthy, Moss is going to be the guy that's going to have your 16, 18 carry sort of game. And one thing I want to mention before we get to um, headlines from yesterday: a guy that you have to see more out of. Absolutely have to see more out of. Uh, you had 72 offensive snaps yesterday, Andy. That's a pretty big number. 72 offensive snaps. Alec Pierce was on the field for 66 of those. Mm-hmm. He had three targets and one catch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I had, listen, for him, I, it has to be proven. It's your I, second I, round pick. That is your number two wideout. The one catch went four, five yards there at the end of the first oh, half. He didn't do anything. 66 snaps, one catch, three targets. You watch Jacksonville's number two. You watch Jacksonville's number three wideout. What they did for Trevor Lawrence, you got to have more from your supporting cast. Can I can I ask you something just for the next 45 minutes? Yeah. And we can talk about this tomorrow. I'm a little nervous. That's a long question. Well, well, no. Yeah, I got nervous well, I mean, Is J- Jonathan Taylor happy about what happened yesterday? I just wonder. I mean, I'd I, say his agent was running around naked watching that Colts game. I believe so as well. I mean, uh, he are, strikes me as a guy that are that, they happy? That, that, that honestly he, he might run that. around naked. Yeah. Did you see he <laughs> Where's liked? he based out of? We can get more into this tomorrow. Did you see he liked a tweet of mine? Did he really? I like that. We're gonna, we're, why, why don't you reach out to him on the old gonna, DMs? We're, hey, we're gonna have to get, get him to on that. the show. L- let's get to that tomorrow. Um, let's do our morning headlines right now. Again, for those that missed it last year, Mark sends out a tweet post game. Five words or less. Your raw reaction to what you just saw from the Colts. Let's do that now. I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. Ripped from the headlines of the newspaper. Oh. We'll do it live! F*** it! Post-game headlines. F***ing <laughs> thing sucks! <laughs> Bill O'Reilly, wasn't it? Uh, Isn't that uh, Bill O'Reilly? Yep. We'll do it live? Mark, outstanding there. <laughs> Andy, typically we just kind of go around it and, and chime in with uh, random ones. This is from Austin. Richardson <laughs> promising, comma, tank for Harrison. Inside Horseshoe Podcast. I miss you, Jonathan Taylor. Elvis King. This one made me laugh out loud. It's not. It's not exactly PC, but it made me laugh. Dion Jackson sucks big ass. That one made me laugh it's out loud. It's not exactly last PC. That made me I laugh. really hope the kids are already in school. What, 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 a, what an undersell! What morning. an undersell for Mark Dykton. I love that. Yeah. It's not exactly I, I PC. Tweet, HR department. That was Mark Dykton. It's a C on Mark. Oh, uh, AJ, AJ Hazel says a loss. That's Taylor made. That's, that's well done. You know what? That's, that's that's well done. That's the kind of thing we're looking for. Uh, Hunter Green says young rookie QB shows potential. Aaron with a positive, and I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> Zaire Franklin is a dog. I thought Franklin was outstanding yesterday. He was a player of the game for me. Uh, right? This is a little bit of a tease to maybe the Jonathan Taylor liking from the agent of the tweet that I had. Uh, Garrett goes <laughs> long snapper can't win alone. <laughs> They did sign him. In reference they, to they Luke Rhodes what, being the highest paid long snapper in the NFL. Was it Saturday afternoon while you're Notre Dame fighting Irish? Friday play? afternoon. As was I was watching Friday? Ben Shelton. Friday. I was locked into Ben Shelton and Djokovic there. Uh, someone says here, what was Taylor's asking price? Yeah. I, I think in all seriousness. I'd love to know. That is a very, and again, maybe more we can get to tomorrow, but I kind of hinted at it earlier in the show. Three for 39. That's what I've always said. Three years, 39 million. I'm not sure the Colts would do that. 
Well, Could be wrong, but that's yeah, just me. Well, here, we, here we are then. Yeah, I don't know what you to guys tell have you. any others. Uh, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Joel, o- offense was offensive, defense wins. Uh, Brandon said, different game if JT plays. And then uh, Larry Cowan says, at least it was entertaining, which we couldn't <laughs> say about a lot of Colts games last year. No, no. And, and I mean, that might be my biggest takeaway just in general from yesterday is, yes, not only was it more of an entertaining product, I actually thought the atmosphere was tremendous inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. I, I thought the crowd showed out. I know, you know, we can hit on the lack of the roof being open. I'm like, gee, I mean, what a glorious If you're not going to open it yesterday, when are you going to open it? An Anthony Richardson, we don't want him to play with shadows in his first game there. Um, who who but, are you, who are you by in the press box? You're by Chap and who else? Right next to Mike Chapel, and then to the right of me, I think it's the um, they're in charge of like all the on field radios. Oh, okay. So they gotcha. have like a very important job. They have a, they're like they're there doing yeah, yeah they're yeah, very yeah, yeah. busy yeah yeah. yeah. Get the bacon grease away from the radio. They are yeah. They're <laughs> like geez man, your seventh slice of pizza here is inferring or is uh, infiltrating our our station here. But yeah, uh, yeah it's I, I've always said this about Lucas Oil. It's um. It's one of the poor press box views just because you are so, so high in that press box there. Um, I mean, you're literally, what, 600, 700 level. Uh, or some stadiums, like Tennessee, for example. I don't know if you've ever been to that one, Andy, but that's like 200 level. Oh, the Titans? Oh, yeah. That's, where I, level. that's where I sat next to Ryan Grigson. Oh, at, wow. Uh, at the uh, Music City Bowl one year. There we go. <laughs> press box in the Colts room has magnified glass, doesn't it, or no? Am I wrong on that? Magnified glass. Like it's like a, It's almost like zoomed in a little bit. It's like oh. a better the 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 panes they put up there. <laughs> really? Whoa. I swear I did a tour. Is this right? I did a tour looking. and they told me it's 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 a they have like a magnified <laughs> view, so it's clo- you look closer than you are. Let's just say I bring out the binoculars quite a lot during the game. There, I'm still curious. I don't know. Maybe this is just me. <laughs> and I'll Shane Sykin this a little bit later. And do you guys have any other tweets? Well, I mean, I was just gonna say, are you, are you, are you being the media guy? My seat's not close enough. Oh no, no, no! no. Sorry, I I am in the fight. No, he hasn't played the Andy card yet. Try, try, (laughs) try watching a basketball game there. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. no, which, which I have. I, I I do not want to be. I'm sure you have that guy at at all. I have one. I have one. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, one more. Jared says, put Chris Angel in at running back. (laughs) How did that go on? Did you go, Mark? I did go. We we went. It was probably I. I don't even know what time this concert started because it said doors opened at four. We got there. We left. We left Connor Prairie. We got there at twenty to ten, and the lady from Heart was still with the three singing. girls. Mark, yeah, we didn't stay much longer. You but crazy. We were about to leave, and all of, sudden, all of a sudden, Ursay came out. I was like, the man he came to see, John Mellencamp. So we're like, all right, I guess we got to go back in real quick and just hear a couple songs from him. Did three yeah. songs and we left. So it was probably like ten thirty by the time we got out of there. It's a late night. Look it at was you. A late night. I like Saturday that. It was a, a busy night. day for the Dyketon household. God, I cannot say I've got that fast. You're left. a Friday night family, right? Left in me. I think you said it was Friday night. Uh, the no, concert was it? Yeah, Friday night. Yeah. Sorry, but you're, but you're a Friday night family. You said Friday night. The Dykton's, you know, we have, Prairie, we have a good then, time. Uh, Ursay concert, yeah. It's a big weekend. One thing I did want to hit on with Richardson is, and he mentioned this after the game, uh, knee bruise is what he called it, getting hurt on actually his first ever NFL run. It was like one of those like true triple options the Colts ran yesterday. He had that, I think it was an 11-yard run. And he was limping, I would say, a good amount right after that play. Stayed in the game and you know seemed to, whatever, adrenaline and, and, and kind of brushed it off. But I am curious, Andy, on that last hit of the game, was there anything that happened there? Because, I mean, he did leave the game and not return. Obviously, there was only what, three plays left in the game. Gardner Minshew finished that game off. But it looked like he took quite the hit to the left shoulder. And that was... He got medical attention on the field, and 
you know, Shane Steichen's like, I think he'll be all right. I mean, in the immediate yeah, aftermath yeah. of the game, I, I I don't know how much merit I put to that quote, but I think let's just monitor that here early in the week. And, you know, I oh, thought... That's tre- the main question today, is it not? I thought Trevor Lawrence had some pretty wise words for Anthony Richardson afterwards and saying, you know, p- protect yourself a little bit. I mean, yeah, you're down 10. The game's not totally over, but um, that, will, that will be... A really gray area debate, Andy, that we have with Richardson a whole lot. How yeah. much does he run? When does he slide? When does he, you know, those sorts of... I mean, Lawrence had a couple nice scrambles yesterday and a couple great slides. <laughs> you know, if you want to be you know, fully honest there, whereas Richardson obviously did not. Uh, Mark, do you have that? Do you want to Do you want to play that? Uh, the Lawrence clip? Yeah, Lawrence uh, yeah. after the game yeah, talking this is about Trevor, Richardson. By the way, shout out to Zach Kiefer. We're hopefully going to have him on this week. He was there. Uh, obviously, he used to cover the Colts regularly, and he was writing on Richardson. But he asked Trevor Lawrence afterwards what... Uh, the former number one overall pick said to Anthony Richardson post game. Yeah, I thought he, he made some great plays. Obviously, it's being a rookie quarterback. It's a, it's a tough spot. There's a lot of learning you have to do, and um, it's just every week learning and getting better. And I, I, the only thing I told him after the game was a great you know great game. He made some some unbelievable plays, but just try to protect yourself. You know these the hits add up in this league and. They, they're a little different than in college, so I just told him to protect himself. And, you know, I'm excited to watch his career unfold. Um, I think he's going to be a great player, and obviously we'll see him again later in the season. But that was my only message to him, really, just protect yourself. It's a long season, and I, th- I think he's going to be a great player. Yeah, and again, I thought that comment is such sound advice. And I know, again, it might sound like obvious stuff to say. But, Andy, I have no qualms. There is little doubt about Anthony Richardson as a runner in this league. I think he will be an elite quarterback runner and a weapon for the Colts for a long time. What I do have questions about are him as a thrower in this league and him in moments like we just saw less than 24 hours ago. We saw him in big-time, second-half, one-possession moments, playing with the lead, playing down. How did he look? Like a 21-year-old rookie who has made 14 starts now since high school. It didn't go well, which is fine. It's it's game one. But again, he needs to be on the field, Andy, just to experience all of those things. I know you can never pull out the full running ability of him and tell him, you can't run, Anthony. You must slide at all costs. Like I get that's unrealistic. But it is so, so vital that he stays healthy for the rest of this season, gets as many reps as possible, so you don't have a Trey Lance experience. I would argue a oh, big Lord part heavens. of the Trey yeah. Lance stunting or the fact that he's on a second NFL team is because some injuries have kept him from playing. And in a way, Richardson and Trey Lance's lack of experience are similar. They, they both have not played a lot of football since high school. So that's just something that I feel like that we have to watch. No, it's it's going to be one of the main storylines, and it, it listen, it reared its ugly head in game one. Now, I thought it might be game three, it might be game four, you know, in game three. I mean, he literally got hurt on his first no, ever NFL yeah, carry. Yeah, I mean, exactly. He was he was, he was limping there. Uh, it is nice uh, that Trevor Lawrence is saying those things, and he is right. I want to be clear. Trevor Lawrence is right. Uh, he is also in a totally different offense where he doesn't have to run the football. <laughs> well, well, twofold. And, and, and AR's going to have to run the football. Well, Andy, twofold. Yes, he's in a totally different offense with totally different weapons around him, but he also is a much better thrower than, than Anthony. Which like, you saw early on. You know, yeah. when does, and this is the weird dichotomy, I think, with Richardson of, 
you know, Lawrence is a guy that's a 90% of his game is throwing, but he still can make some plays with his leg. Does Richardson get there to where, like, he can be a 80-90% of my game is a thrower, mm-hmm. but I can sprinkle in those plays? Like, when you watch Patrick Mahomes, is Patrick Mahomes a nice runner? Yeah, but, I mean, he really only does it when it's necessary and plays are breaking down. You know, Lawrence on the play, on the first touchdown of the game. Seven seconds, the Colts can't create any pressure. He rolls out to his left, makes a play on the run there. Like those are the that is the aspect of Richardson that I'm curious about if he will get to. Uh, as we typically do on Monday recap shows. No pop quiz today. Sorry, so Scotty. We will do is some... Is he still uh, going to come in here and hang out with us, though? I, yeah, I, uh, are you breaking news to him that we don't have a pop quiz right now? I think I might have seen the middle finger from the fourth floor. Okay. I think I saw the email. From, yeah. from Scotty there. So apologies <laughs> on that and We will go with our goats of the week here upcoming before we get to that. What's well, morning check down? The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Yeah, I mean, just quickly, NFL tonight, Bills, Jets, that gets going. Uh, that will end week one of the NFL. Quickly, baseball, uh, Reds now a game and a half back for that final wild card. San Francisco and Miami and Arizona all in front of them. The Reds dropping two of three, KB. Your Red Legs, two of three to the Cardinals, who haven't been in Not in ideal. three months. Ugh. Not ideal, to oh, say the brutal. least. Uh, a lot of wins the Reds need here to close out the season. Speaking of wins. Indiana Purdue. They both got them this weekend for the Boilers. They had to wait. Boy, that was a long rain delay. That was like four or five hours. Notre Dame's rain delay. I think it was just a little over an hour, maybe two hours down in Raleigh. Notre Dame beats North Carolina State. Purdue beats Virginia Tech. Shut out the Hokies in the second half. Indiana beats Indiana State on Friday night. Taven Jackson, uh, pretty good in that game. I am assuming he gets the starting nod coming up this Saturday with Louisville. Have we seen an early line on that? That one ten and a half. Louisville favored wow. by ten and a half. That's a big number. Louisville's quarterback stinks. Jack Plummer, right? Former yeah, uh, Plum- former Boilermaker. Yeah, Brom's about to get you know bench him for the third time in his career. Plummer's not very good, but Louisville has an all right defensive line, and they you know their their weapons are pretty good. Syracuse favored by two and a half on the road against Purdue coming up. That's a good on game. Saturday. That's a good game. Are we? Should we ride with Indiana and Purdue both to cover that? Uh, I'm I'm riding right now tentatively with, uh, yeah, Indiana. If I can even get it up to 11, and I might try to look at the over-under there and play the under if I believe in Tom Allen's defense. Last time Alabama and Clemson were both 1-1 one one two weeks into the season? Uh, da, 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 ni- 1984. 1991. Mark, you got anything? 2002. <laughs> just, I'm just taking all the number. decades. Yes. I thought I saw it was 2003, but you know what? To be fully transparent, I probably should double should double it check that. Matter. Is the Pac-12 still undefeated? Facts are optional. I know who's not undefeated. The SEC against other teams. Uh, quickly, uh, Mel Tucker suspended without pay there at Michigan State. That's a bad, bad story. Mm. Uh, and then uh, Team USA embarrassing themselves in the FIBA. I know you cared about that. Just, I did. Uh, just I did. An, 
just they, an embarrassment. Uh, they lost to Canada as well for yeah. the bronze medal. Oh. Um, I saw Canada, their first medal in men's basketball since 1936 yeah. Good for there. Uh, you already have LeBron James saying he'll play in the Paris Olympics, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. So be very curious yeah. to see who now commits for the Olympics and where Tyrese Halliburton kind of fits in. Because I do think Halliburton played well for Team USA, better than Jalen Brunson Listen, played. I, I'm, I'm with you. He should be on the bench. So yeah. how that – it might be good to get a Pacers person on the – this week, just to you know, talk a little bit about that. We're about a month, probably less than a month from training camp starting. Daniel Tyson, the Germans, they get the silver medal as Serbia, without Nikola Jokic, wins the World Cup. A few other items of note. Scott Dixon wins the season finale for IndyCar. What was that, three of the final four races of the year, Scotty? Uh, that Scott Dixon took home. The Fever win their season finale. Um, Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I I don't really know, to be totally honest with you. Uh, And then in the U.S. Open, shout-out to Carmel's Rajiv Ram, a doubles champion. Joe Salisbury, by the way. That was the name I was looking for earlier. I just assumed Salisbury Steak. Him and Joe, Rajiv Ram and Joe Salisbury, three straight U.S. Open double titles. That has never been done before. Um, I distinctly remember myself, Kevin Lockery, and I going to our uh, neighborhood uh, tennis courts and acting like we were Rajiv Ram back in the day when he was winning state titles at Carmel. So, a uh, hell of a career for him. I'm pretty sure. Scotty, do you know, did he win a gold medal with Venus Williams at the Olympics? Yes. They won some medal. Was it gold? I think- I think you, in the uh, Rio, Rio Olympics. You're going to break the news to Scotty, who's in his all Buffalo Bills gear, that no. we're not doing the pop quiz on a Monday? I know, Scotty. Yeah. I, 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 were, you, were you walking up look the at steps, his fa- Look at his face right now. I know. I, I'm He's afraid not to look. You should be afraid to look. This was not me. I'm the new guy. Silver. I'm the new guy, Scotty. It's Silver all these, medal. It's all, these, <laughs> it's, all these, it's all these veterans. I'm the new guy. Rio Olympics <laughs> for Rajiv Ram. Silver medal should with we, should we carve Venus out, Williams. Should we carve out a mini segment where KB talks about tennis players that lived in Carmel at one point in their life. I feel I, we have done that for four days in a row, have we I, not? I, I think the tennis talk will probably subside until the Australian Open. What's the is it the, the, the Farmers Open? That's a golf one. I know. What's the next one that they have on the uh, the ATP tour can't that you say, can follow? Can't say I know a whole lot. I did enjoy watching Ben Shelton against Djokovic. There, I know you there did. was some. Uh, you got me following. There it. was some electricity there for him. That was a fun story to follow. Shout out to the Wits family for that. All right, on the other side, Scotty, apologies, no pop quiz. Let's do our goats of the week. Uh, good and bad. We'll recap that on the other side here. It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy uh, touching on the season opener for the Colts yesterday. Thank you, Steve, for this. Uh, hand-raised, Andy Sweeney, for Uh-oh. yours truly. Uh-oh. Uh, what to happened? all the Germans out there. It was Germany. Daniel Tice took home the gold. They beat Serbia in the championship match yesterday. Of course, I say match. You know, nothing says like two European countries like calling a basketball game a match there. Uh, is Daniel Tice the Pacers' backup center this year? Uh, sure. Yeah, we'll we'll go with yeah. an early. We'll go with an early. Yes, he's a gold medalist. He he better be. He, he was really good against the Americans in the semifinal he, game. I know we were watching a little bit of that on. Friday. Here, here's the thing: we have three other people in the studio with you, and you said that, and no one, no one, <laughs> no one corrected you. No one did anything. If not him, then who? Yeah. Well, Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith. Yeah, I don't know if those. Isaiah are Jackson. Yeah, I don't know ringing, about that. Ringing endorsements on that, Dan. 
All right, every Monday here in football season, we do our GOATs of the week. That can be all caps, GOAT, or BAH. Mark Dykton, lead us off. Who is the GOAT? I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Jordan, here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! That's what I'm talking about! That's why he's the MVP! That's why he's the GOAT! The GOAT! Or GOAT. This guy sucks. <laughs> of the week. All right, let's start with our all caps, our goats from the weekend. Uh, I'm going to give a shocking one here. I did not expect this result at all yesterday. Uh, our Survivor League were already done. How about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Minnesota with Baker <laughs> Mayfield? You're done already? Week one? And winning. Well, it, I'm in with my in-laws. Can you get a buyback? We took the Ravens with okay. one team. We took yeah. the Vikings with the other. Um, so, yeah, the Tampa Bay Bucks, Todd Bowles, the, the fearless NFC South, they get it done 20-17. to 17. So, shout-out to Baker Mayfield and company. Uh, Chase McLaughlin with the 57-yard field goal, the eventual game winner. You know Todd Bowles loved winning that. Was it 17-16? Uh, 2017. Oh, 2017. Yeah. That's a Todd yeah. Bowles game. That is. Uh, and Vrabel, you know, in a one-score game with Dennis Allen. I mean, that was 16-15. to Those four coaches had to love that. 16-15. to That's football. We don't need to throw the ball all, all over the yard. Well, my good ones, hey, listen. Mike, go to the Weeks. Quinn Ewers at Texas. Ooh, okay. I mean, he I ball- like that. He balled out. Uh, On the road. Yeah, I mean, at Alabama on passes 20 plus yards downfield going into that Alabama game he was 22% on those th- uh, on those particular throws 60% Saturday night and that was the talk of college football with Sark and Texas and all the horns down and everything you had Texas fans chanting SEC on the field in Tuscaloosa so there's no way Arch Manning plays this year right no, is that, I mean, it, no, it, no. He's going to sit this. Is season. that how it's looking? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you were at three forty nine and three. He had a rating of one sixty six, a QBR of ninety. Mark, who you got? My good is a defensive unit. The Dallas Cowboys absolutely throttled Congratulations. the New York Giants. Did you have them in fantasy? No, I didn't. Gosh. And I played the guy who did. <laughs> and he also had Brandon Ayuk in his flex, so that really screwed me. Anyway, the Dallas Cowboys, seven sacks, two interceptions. a fumble. The, the special teams also blocked a field goal, returned it for a touchdown, two touchdowns total. They absolutely decimated Daniel Jones and the Giants' offense and just depleted their fan base in one game. 40 to nothing. My goodness, that uh, was just a dominating performance. On your league, how many points was that good for? Do you have that uh, in front of you? Like if oh you went, gosh. if you went, if you went to bed and you led by nineteen, and let's say no one had a Monday Night Football guy playing tonight, okay, and you led by nineteen, you have to think. Even while the Giants are driving in that first drive, KB, you have to think you're going to win, right? You're going to wake up and if a good defensive performance yeah, right. is fifteen points, you still got a little bit of a buffer. But you're as good soon to as go. they return the block field then goal. You're, then you're in trouble. For Then it's nightmare yeah, night. Well, then then you knew that you were in a little bit of trouble and you wake up and they drop 40 points. <laughs> they drop 40 points in fantasy and you lose by 20. Alright, Andy, your lowercase goat of the week. I, I have a uh, feeling you might be well, playing I mean, off of that. Li- listen, I'm going to play off of that. No, I mean, listen, Pittsburgh to me was very disappointing and I thought they were going to be a playoff team and they were very disappointing. Cincinnati was disappointing, but I think they'll, I mean, I think they'll be fine. They'll regroup.
group. But I mean, Pittsburgh would have been, you know, to me, would have won this had the Giants not been. I mean, they were just so bad last night. I mean, Daniel Jones, fifteen to twenty-eight, a buck four, uh, two two uh, two interceptions. We talked about Quinn Ewers having like a you know that huge game on the college end. He had a rating did uh, Daniel Jones last night a thirty-two. His QBR was eight. His QBR was eight. Their leading receiver had thirty-six yards. They fumbled. They couldn't hold on to the ball. And that's a game that I thought the Giants could win, or they lose twenty-seven twenty-four. Well, that's a they're, big they're, divisional game. They're, they're, I mean, dude, they're the that's the no. They are embar- they are the embarrassment of the weekend. Any sport, yeah. absolutely. Mark, who you got? My bad goes to a guy who just got a big fat contract in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals were terrible. Now, how much was weather impacting that one? I I didn't watch much of it. I don't know how much it was. He threw 31 times. He had 82 yards. He was sacked twice. No touchdowns, no interceptions. An average of 2.6 yards, a completion. I mean, maybe they're right. He should have sat out like the first week until he's. I don't know if, he, if health had anything to do with it. I saw, but he, he was just bad. It was not good. They pulled him out, put in Jake Browning for a little bit. That didn't go well either. Oof. Bad for the Bengals. Uh, bad, I bad, bad. I think listeners of the show will know where I'm going for my bad goat of the weekend. As I've said all morning long, I thought it was one of the worst Colts performances in the history of their franchise. That would be running back Deion Jackson. 13 carries for 14 yards. One more time on that. 13 carries for 14 yards. Uh, That is in yards per carry of 1.1. That is the second worst in the 40-year history of the Indianapolis Colts. If you go off of guys that have uh, carried it at least 12 times in a game, and to put the cherry on top of all that, two fumbles and a dropped pass for Deion Jackson. I think this is pretty much what sums up yesterday for the Colts. Uh, Travis Etienne, he went 26 yards on that touchdown run to pretty much ice the game. Again, 26 yards on one run. If you add up Deion Jackson's 14 yards, Jake Funk's 10 yards, Evan Hall's un yard, that's 25 yards on 16 carries. So the Colts had 16, Colt running backs, 16 carries for 25 yards. Travis Etienne, final carry of the game, 26 yards. That's one of those where uh, Steichen, I know, after the game and today would be like, it's on me. We have to be able to run the ball. It's like, it is on you, but it's also on Chris Ballard and the Colts and Jonathan Taylor and that entire drama. And let's not absolve the offensive line either. You know I'm not doing that. Uh, You You know I'm not doing that. Better chance Deion Jackson is cut or the Colts sign a veteran running back? I'm going to go with sign a veteran running back. Do you agree with that? I think I would as well. Again, yesterday's performance to me is cuttable, but clearly they like him enough. I mean, he was the starting running back for the last month, really, ever since Zach Moss went down. And I think there's a good chance Zach Moss plays on Sunday. Evan Hall gets hurt in that game. So seemingly you would have Evan Hall out, Zach Moss in on the hypothetical. So then your running backs for Sunday would be Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, and I guess you'd call Jake Funk up from the practice squad. 
<laughs> oh, I, mean, I, I guess KB. Yes, you, you called Jack Funk up. I mean, yeah, Jake, sure. Jake, Jake, Jake. Sorry, yeah. Jack. Yeah. Funk, well, I'm Jake glad Funk. you screwed up the first name, not the last name. I screwed up the last name on the. Oh, did you do that on one my, time on my podcast a couple weeks ago? Well, that's fine. You just uh, had Eddie G bleep it out. That's well, easy. It's not live, is it? We, we decided to let it go. You decided to let it go. Throw the explicit. I was about to say, what? Look at you. You're a hot take guy now. Uh, by the way, a little bit more in the Deion Jackson <laughs> context. I was looking up Jonathan Taylor's stat line. Uh, Jonathan Taylor in his career, 35 games where he's had at least 12 carries. So that was the um, threshold that I went with for Deion Jackson. Uh, One time in his 35-game career has he been under three yards per carry. It was was last year, right? Last year against Tennessee, like two points something or other. So he's been at least three yards every single game. Again, Deion Jackson yesterday, one point. Uh, Given the Colts did what they did and given that uh, the Giants did what they did, they had to be the GOATs. But uh, just, just, you know, a congratulations to Jordan Love on his uh, first game there. Just a good... Mark, any any congrats? Just a congratulations going on the road. More on... Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze. You you acquired DJ Moore and he threw the ball to him twice. And then the offensive line, I mean Justin Herb or Justin Fields snaps the ball and is under pressure within like half a second. Come on now. He did horrible. DJ Moore horrible, did have two catches. Horrible. Twenty five yards. Hype, and it's the same old, same old, and I'm <laughs> sick to my stomach. I hate the Packers with a passion. I am sick of their yes. fans. Yes. I know. That was We it. feel the same today. That yes. was in Chicago, right, Mark? Yep. Yes. You, you guys both week home game against the Packers, home yeah. game against the Cowboys. Like the two games <laughs> you guys probably circle more on the calendar than any other. Hundred percent. And that's the effort. I, I, I'm sorry to say this to you guys, but that's the effort. Oh, man. Yeah. At, at least he scored 20 points. <laughs> I genuinely mean it. I, I apologize. I don't know if you do apologize. I, I've do seen you Notre really Dame have that effort before, so <laughs> I, I can be with you a little bit in that empathy. All right, we'll do it one final time here. Wake up call, KB and Andy, on a Monday. All right, good reaction Monday. Appreciate you waking up with us here on The Fan. Jake coming up at noon. JMV at 3 o'clock. Eddie Garrison was in here lamenting fantasy football. Everyone in here, fantasy football. How about that? Everyone talking about what they need and don't need tonight. Uh, Today, also, I wanted to throw this Mark's way here in the final couple minutes. 28 years ago today, because I know Mark likes this, Mm -hmm. in wrestling, Mm -hmm. began the Monday night. Night Raw versus the WCW. 28. Nitro. Yeah, yeah, Nitro. 28 years today. How old were you then? I was trying to think. I was 11 years old. Uh, nine. There you go. There you go. It's a historic day, KB. I know you don't care. Yeah, I know you're... Wrestling was popping like 12 million uh, Twelve million an episode. <laughs> I still, walking, walking out of Lucas Oil yesterday, I, I had to do a little like, where even was I in 2013 when the Colts last won their season opener. Where, I mean, where I, were you? I lived on Browse Avenue with three dudes that we just looked forward to Friday at 5 o'clock more than anything you can imagine, and we'd stay in Broad <laughs> Ripple till 2 a.m. We'd have 40 people over to our house. We all were probably paying like 250 in rent. They should have paid us, honestly. A little house party? To, to live in that house. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Like your first I, house post-college. I mean, we thought we were on top of the world. Uh, you were no, you were on top of the, and the world. And the Colts haven't won a season you over were on since top then. Of the world. Since then, I've been married now for approaching five years. I've got a couple kids. Like I, it's just like you're washed now. World? Yeah, you're a different man. You're all yeah. washed up. Um, Need hair implants. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> 
Are you getting that, by the way? That's where I'm at. Are you I think go- so. Are you going yeah. with that? Yeah. Well, you might as well. That's why you're in so. Sports Talk Radio. So where was Anthony Richardson 10 years ago? Was he even in... No, oh, he was 11 years old. Was he in junior high? Uh, 11 years old, you are 5th, 6th grade? 5th grade, 6th grade? Yeah, something like that. That's where he was. It's like now Probably this... the deep voice still. Now the storyline continues. Uh, I was also... You guys will like this. Uh, Jimmy Trana, I don't know if you know who that is. He like follows the media and stuff, especially in New York. Uh, New York Sports Radio got a caller today that says the Giants need to cut Daniel Jones and trade for Sam Ellinger. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you guys would like that. Gosh, is that like a diehard Texas fan? Who just pulls Sam Ellinger out of thin air? Dude, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. He was dressing yesterday. I know, or to know where he's even at. Like, you got to love the NFL to know that. Or you're watching the game. By the way, did you guys think the witching hour? Now, KB, I know you were at the game. Uh, Did you think, Mark, I don't know how you consume NFL, that the witching hour was kind of weak yesterday? It It wasn't the great witching hour at 310 that we usually get. It was just, you know, it was like a C plus, C minus mm-hmm. type okay. of witching hour. I felt like the end of the four o'clock games were better. Yeah, the Chargers, Dolphins, yeah. and then Patriots, Eagles that had got some close. moments there. Yeah, they got close for a little bit, yeah. Late as well. Uh, obviously, the podcast will be filled with plenty of Colts recap chatter. Again, Shane Sykin going to meet the media here uh, in a little bit. So we will recap that and continue to preview. Not only this week, obviously Colts traveling to Houston for the first row game, but I do think the Indiana-Louisville game is just a, it's kind of a fun thing for downtown. Curious what the crowd will look like coming up on Saturday afternoon. And I am a little surprised to see Louisville favored by 10. I might might Uber down there. Why not go down there if you're an Indiana fan? I'm sure tickets aren't expensive. We can look that up, right? Go down there, drink some brews. It's a noon game. You're out by 3 o'clock. You got your entire day in front of you. Come on. Look at that. And you you don't have a kid coming for another month or two. So (laughs) I say I'm going to go down there and Uber and have a big day like I'm actually going to. I'll be unpacking boxes. Just freshly move. Yeah, I'll be unpacking boxes for 13 straight hours. Yes, Andy just moved over the weekend. My body's killing me right now. Certainly some thoughts and prayers on that end of it. Appreciate everybody tuning in today. Obviously, on this September 11th, we certainly uh, remember everybody that lost their lives back some 22 years ago and all the first responders uh, on that just hellacious morning that our country went through. So certainly never forget anybody um, that was involved uh, with that, lost their lives. And again, all of our first responders, uh, New York City, D.C., Pennsylvania, all throughout the U.S. So everybody have a good Monday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow here 